Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. So wait, the B-41? That's the Flatbush bus. That's the bus that goes out Flatbush. And when I started going to Jackie Robinson, IS-320 over by Ebbets Field, when we could, we would try to catch the bus, so we had to walk all the way down there, especially when it was cold. It was it was truly chaos. Like I'm like I'm telling you, just straight up Hunger Games of travel. Like people jumping on the back of the bus, and some people yelling about the people who jumping on the back like of the bus on the outside of the bus. On the outside, no, no, of the no, no. Back no. I mean, like you know, like there's a back door and a front door. Yeah. So yeah. people didn't want to pay, or the bus was just packed, and they were like, "I'm getting on this fucking bus." Like I would have paid, but I got to get to work. I don't give a shit. And they would just get through, they would come on through the back door to right. get on the bus. But then some people were just like, I don't feel like paying for, you know, sort of like the equivalent of turnstile hopping. But I, it was crazy. Like, I remember specifically what I started telling you was one morning, I remember this guy just yelling, there's a pickpocket on the bus. I was like, what, <laughs> what is, I'm going to school. What is happening right now? Um, yeah, it was completely And was there a pickpocket on the bus? Oh, I'm Wait, sure there was. Like the artful Dodger was on the bus. I, like, I, I guess a, I, a quote unquote <laughs> pickpocket. Were you in Rome? I, it was so funny. <laughs> I remember it. I remember everybody being like, "Oh, okay," or like, like kind of looking around and being like, "All right, nobody bump into me now. We're done. We're done with the bumpins." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, a pickpocket. Okay, everybody, pickpocket mode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it was complete chaos. But yes, the idea of walking to school. Yeah, we had to yeah, that was a different time though. I mean, like I, I tell people all the time, I was in certainly by fifth grade, but I'm pretty sure it was in fourth grade was when I first would go pick get my sister oh, who was in second grade. Go pickpocket? Were you about to yeah, say about go, to go, go pick No, I was not actually, but that would be funny. Okay. But but uh to, I would go pick up my sister after school when we both got uh dismissed from school. And I was in fourth grade and she was in second grade or I was in fifth and she was in third and we'd walk home and I'd let us in and we'd be there till mommy got home after work, which was, you know, six, seven o'clock, whatever time it was. I mean, it was just like, yeah, <laughs> like, like now you'd be hauled into, I don't know how many agencies and courts and shit. Like we just went home. Like we just went the fuck home. <laughs> Latch key, latchkey yeah, yeah, total. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was, a, I was. Probably in college, the first time I heard somebody say a latchkey kid, and I was like, what's that? And it turns out I'm that. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you started to say, boss, because it, it looked like you weren't any more appalled by that as, than I was. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I was actually, I was just um, actually Google mapping how far it was from the house we grew up on, like in elementary school to the actual elementary school itself. Because we walked. I do remember on especially hot days, I'd be like, man, fuck this. It's so fucking far. It must be miles and miles and miles. And I just looked it up and it was a uh, half a mile. It was 0.5 Isn't that miles. Great? Literally 0.5 miles. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It actually, like, they estimate about 10 minutes to get from my house to the school, which, yeah, no, that does and sound we, about we right. We got into this because, obviously, this is a Ted Lasso podcast. Um, we, uh, sure. we got into this obviously. because I was asking boss... Uh, we were talking about uh, snow days and uh, a big snowstorm has mm-hmm. hit the Northeast 
And my kids had like a delayed um, start to the school day. But boss was talking a little bit about Chicago public schools and shutting things down. And what was your position on that, boss? It's fucking bullshit. Closing down schools is fucking bullshit. (laughs) Oh, the schools aren't doing well enough. So let's take them away from the children who need them. Send those kids to a different neighborhood. They're going to get their ass kicked because nobody understands the different neighborhood cultures in Chicago. That and not people that are running any of the offices. Fucking not that. Let's take away one of the community centers, i.e., the schools within a community, because that community is not doing well enough. Fucking. This is why they should, they should listen, pull themselves Lori up. Lightfoot and I. Fucking <laughs> listen, Lori Lightfoot and I. We have some issues. She broke my heart. I I can forgive her eventually. Especially because she was so, so sad in between the actual election and then the runoff. So sad. Like, I know that she suffered. Fucking Rahm Emanuel can fuck off forever. Forever. There's a gif of him, like, walking through a crowd trying to shake hands with people. And some guy's sitting down looking at his phone. And Rahm, like, shoves his hand into the guy's face. The dude looks up at him, shakes his head no, and goes back to his phone and will not shake his hand. It is amazing. It is fucking great. And I love it. And that is how I feel about him forever. I think he's in Japan now because Biden sent him over there. Great. Fucking stay there. Fucking do not come back. We are done with you. I was going to I was going to thank all of our our European and African listeners uh, who uh, are all they can do is get get more talk about inner city Chicago political dynamics. Totally. Uh, Totally. You know what? Mm. I, I bet you if we played Mad Libs. There's a rant like that for fifty percent of our buttercups. There's a rant. You just you just pull out the names of po- certain politicians in certain locations, and you just mm-hmm. all right. In your turn, we could just go through. Uh, it. Yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. probably closer to ninety. I would say with our buttercups. Our buttercups have positions. They're this not. They're clear. not just yes. shrinking violence. They, no, no, they no. have. They have positions. Um, welcome everybody. Uh, today we are discussing. Ted Lasso season two, episode 10. This is uh, part two of, of the episode entitled No Weddings and a Funeral. I am your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. What's going on, family? And our boss, Emily Chambers. I like that we talked for five minutes and then got introduced. I was going to make a joke. I was going to try to try to roast Castleton. I did it poorly. Um, yeah. No, no, it's... It's self self awareness. I, I like that. I like that. Now, um, when we left off uh, last episode, we had just gotten through the um, the moment uh, where, where Sassy had uh, climbed, <laughs> scaled, scaled up to Rebecca's window just to see if she could do it. Uh, I really like that. Uh, there are a few things I saw. I was watching Shrinking after all these years, uh, and not not that long, I guess a year. Um, but I, I'm late to the party on that. And there was a scene with Jason. Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Siegel. Yeah, Jason Siegel. And he climbs like a 12 foot uh, chicken wire fence, like gate kind of thing, and jumps down. It's in the pilot episode. Jumps down, and then he goes, "Yes!" And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah." Because if I I doubt I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely I would have it. to consider how much I mean it. Like, do I really mean that I am going to climb this fence? Like, what? Yeah. what's my upside? Because the well, downside, he's a, right, is whew. he's a tall drink of water, and I am not. 
And um, and so, well, do you know, are you guys familiar with that thing where you put your arms out to the side? That is how that tall you to are your, to your height. Yeah. So your wingspan typically that doesn't doesn't work for everybody for the most part. Uh, so if you can reach that high, you know, you're you're closer mm-hmm. to the closer to the to, this to where you're trying to go. And, yeah. What, and I, I just what I'm thinking about a lot is uh, the main street closest to me has had a bunch of construction again because Lori told us to go fuck ourselves. So all of the construction is happening all at once. And I had to take that bus from my apartment down a bit. And because of the construction, the bus couldn't pull all the way over to the curb and me trying to step down from the back of the bus all the way onto the street. I did make a oh, oh noise on my way down. And that was, that was two feet. I was like, I just had to reach a little bit. And I was like, ah, this is going to hurt tomorrow. Be a real bitch. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about, about, I get we, we got to get into the show, but, uh, but, uh, and I, and I try to practice positive neuroplasticity and I try to say, Oh, I see construction that denotes progress. Like, oh, this is good. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're sidelined. We're, we're sort of, uh, inconvenienced at, on this drive for a while, uh, or, or this commute, but, um, but you know, things are getting better because that crew is there improving something, but really <laughs> it's so easy to look at it and go, yeah, they're there. Cause something is, is messed up. Wasn't done right the first time. And then you drive by and there's 14 guys watching one guy dig. And you're like, uh, it's, it's so that might be a, a, a Massachusetts phenomenon, but there's all, there's this, there's all these jokes about, uh, you know, everybody watching. And then, uh, then, then the, uh, you know, the police are directing traffic at, you know, $93 an hour. And you just go, um, it just feels like not a lot of, not a lot of good thinking, um, around that but uh but yes I, I wish it was just where we could say yeah it's progress like great yeah everything's gonna get better after this after this construction is done the the only con- well not the only but one of the construction jokes in chicago is that between say late february and early march n- nobody should ever drive drunk ever 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 it, like if you have a drink figure out some other way home do not drive drunk but the way you could tell in Chicago who is driving drunk is not the people who are swerving. It's the people that are going straight down Western at a normal speed because those motherfuckers are hitting every single pothole the entire way down. And if you were sober, <laughs> you would be moving out of the way of those bitches. But you're not because you're doing something bad. I love it. That's great. All right. Well, we pick up the action with Ryan Keeley, both dressed in black, getting ready for the funeral of Rebecca's uh, father, dear departed father. Um, and and boss, this is a um, I really like this. I mean, I know I know we're in the territory where, where you're not as engaged, but um, there are parts of this episode I really liked. Um, we had some some chatter on our uh, on message boards. Uh, where coach, you got to come into the message boards, uh, by the way, because I, tr- I sort of tried to summon you. There was, there was some, um, some chatter about Ted Lasso that was not of an ilk that you would appreciate. What? And yeah, no, I know. And I tried to sort of summon you, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't actually call you out. I was trying to send out vibes for you to come in and save me. I was, boss was just, just cutting me in half. In I can, she, she looks so, but so, she, so pleased. She does look she, like a nice she, person, but but there's just like a calm about her that you know. I I, I believe that she really did go after you because there's just there's just a real peace 
in our face right it's now. It's what the Chambers family does. Um, we got we got we got on, on our on our on our our boards. We have uh, the younger Chambers uh, talking about my uh, how terrible my dialects are, and that when I do you coach, I sound like. I'm from the South. I laughed because, so hard. Listen, when I it's heard because that. I'm trying to capture the chill of your personality. Yes, no, no, more than the, uh, yeah, yeah. the New York. Yeah, no, there was, but it, yes, I, I, I laughed and I thanked her from Birmingham, Brooklyn. I don't know if you saw my, my response, I but I thought, I, that was very, I thought that was very funny. I thought that was very funny. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I laugh each time with your, uh, your impression, especially when I'm not around, because then I really don't. I have no idea when it's going to pop up, what you're going to say. So then that, those are those are extra fun. The key thing is, you know, it's you. You know oh, yeah, who yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah. there no, you go. That's, every time. That's a yes. Um, uh, it's not great. Not none of my impressions are great. Uh, but uh, we're, we are over with Keely, and she's saying funerals are weird. Uh, Roy agrees. And what does she say here, boss? They're like a party, but for sad people. And where everyone knows they have to go and be sad. Maybe you're not sad, but you have to go and be sad. I think that's weird. Which yeah, is, I, I yeah, should yeah. point out, sort of the opposite of what Deborah was saying about how you should be happy every day. Keely's saying, well, now you should Ooh. be sad. This is a place you have to be sad. Oh, snap. Well, yes. I mean, it's a good point. Because <laughs> De- well, Deborah's a narcissist and Keely isn't. So Keely is much more attuned to... The societal ramifications of these things, and the you know social emotional responsibility you have in an environment like that. Uh, go ahead, coach. Yes, and I I I think in the way that uh, boss raised it. Yes, there's the sort of like being responsible to anyone but yourself. That, but I think actually what I'm what I'm reacting to is just the prescribing of your emotional state by anyone at any time. Right. And that there's an appropriate like and and it's imposed appropriate emotional state to be in um, in a given moment, because it's not just. Notice she says you have to go and be sad. She doesn't say and look sad, which is a different thing, which is like, all right, your dad died. I shouldn't come in here looking like I'm headed to the to the ice cream shop. Right. But in B set, there's something about the prescribing of emotions or being dishonest about how about dishonesty around how we really feel. And um, I think as this episode unfolds, that um, that's going to be more and more, uh, more and more important of an insight. Yeah, no, I think you're right, coach. Um, Roy agrees that they're horrible um, and, and what the expectations are of funerals. And Keely says this. This is again. I can't fast forward too far. But for those of us, those of the uh, uh, listeners who have heard the uh, the entire uh, end of season three, um, you know, I, when I when I get lines like this, I'm like, oh, these guys are these guys are uh, whatever. I, well, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to give anything away. Roy, if you die, do you want to be buried or cremated? Like, if you're hit by a bus today, what do I do? But that's a that is a we. That's a we're in it for the long haul kind of question. I I think. How many people have you asked that of, boss, in your life? Oh, not a lot. <laughs> many. That's ma- the well, first thing I say. Hi. Hi, hi yes, Emily Chambers. Hi, Emily Chambers. How do you uh, want to? How do you want to? Box die? or cremation? 
Well, number one, hey, um, for I am a little bit surprised that Keely would be that limiting. There are other options. You could donate your body to science. You could uh, see the reason that I sort of hesitated is that by the time I was in a position where I was like, what do we do with you when you die? The answer was embalm me sitting up so I could stare at anybody that comes to get my riches and then set me on fire like a, a Viking funeral. That That's how he wants it. All of his cash, all of his money, all, all in a pyre going up. But before that, make sure that he scares people in case they come to rob him. This is this is the person okay. you've spent the last 15 years or so with? Ish, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad I don't have to be scared for either of you. It's fine. No. What? And luckily, he's not twisted, and neither in, are you. So that's in, in his defense, my answer as recently as last weekend was, you don't have to do anything to the body. No, like, embalming or anything else. I just need you to hurl my body with a trebuchet at, like, one of those fake McMansion castle things, especially one in, like, northern Indiana. It would be ideal. That would nice. be perfect for me. To, hu- to huck your, your corpse. Huck my corpse at... Like ra- ragdoll it through the air. Yes. And okay. I, I want it to be a fake castle. I want it one of those faux, like, oh, look how fancy we are. It's, like a McMansion. It's a, like, like a your, McMansion. The final sound is, the, is your corpse Flunk. hitting a McMansion. Yes. And I, also, I, hey, I respect this. I hey, like this plan. This I is would a, love to cut the... If I thought I had a prayer of outliving you, I sure. would love to be the one to pull the lever on that uh, that particular scenario. Not a lever. See, I, I was just about to say one of the most important things is that it cannot be a catapult. It needs to be a trebuchet. Oh, oh. trebuchet. Because yeah. I need you. To, okay, so you're picturing a catapult? Yeah, I was. Okay, and now I want you to imagine that catapult really awesome, and that's a trebuchet. No, and yeah, that, I know what there's a trebuchet no, is. There's no, but for, I'm, I'm talking to the, to the buttercups here. If you oh. don't know the difference, a catapult is you pull a big piece of wood down, and then you let it go real fast so that it flings the thing over. Trebuchet is like a seesaw. You lift one end up and you have something really heavy on that end. And then you cut it so that it falls down. And the other end has a rope attached to the projectile that comes swinging over the top real badass. Like, that is the one I want. So you really mean sling. Like, you're not kidding. Yeah, like, yes, no. When I, when, I say, when I say hurl, I do mean hurl. I don't mean fling also. Fling is like what you do to boogers. That's nonsense. You hurl my corpse at a McMansion Gross. castle. Gross. <laughs> gross. I hate this episode so far. I, I, you know, um, <laughs> gross. That's gross. I, I was not grossed out one bit by, by an Emily Chambers cadaver, but the booger comment is so his, trite. His face, his face when you said booger. Oh, that's so great. That's Jesus so Christ. great. Oh, God. Oh, oh, his so, face Roy, when you said booger. So let's go to a funeral. True to form, right, right, Roy right. says he wants Keely to go after the bus driver and make him pay for what he did to me. Avenge me, Keely. Avenge me, which is... Uh, possibly a Red Dawn reference since we're saying this is a Makes sense. show. Makes sense. I didn't but catch I it, but I remember watching Red Dawn a lot at one point. I, Coach, I was going to ask, Boss, do you even know what Red Dawn is? You, are you familiar? Is oh, that yeah. on your radar? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't like, know if I've so, ever seen it, but Swayze was in it, so I'm aware of what it is. Every once in a blue moon, I will do something in a shopping mall or uh, a public you know, scene that requires celebration, and I will I will sometimes, if the moment strikes, yell Wolverines, and nobody 
that nobody remembers and nobody knows what the hell that is. That's like funny. you guys are blank. That's really funny. No, 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 I would no, not catch that. I, I, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I remember watching it then, but like, yeah, there's no lines or whatever. I bet it was a big hit in Flatbush. On, I bet that bunch, <laughs> yeah. of, bunch of white boys retaking America was probably. <laughs> Yeah, in fucking Montana or something. I mean, I wouldn't. I would know that you did not attend. Oh, we like, yeah, we like. It. We, it was pretty great. Yeah. I I would know because you did not go to college it. in Michigan that you didn't mean those Wolverines. I would eventually get there. I would also spend a good deal of time thinking about how um, when Hugh Jackman was cast in the X Men movies, he spent a good deal of time studying wolves, and it wasn't until he got to the set that they were like, "No, man, Wolverine." Different thing. Not a wolf. You don't need to move like a wolf at all. That's an entirely That's different animal. That's not a real thing. Serious. That's, That's a real, real thing. He's talked about that. That's a real thing. He has talked about. No shit. That's yes. funny as fuck. Yes. He was doing like method. He was learning so about wolves. Move, like how they move and what they And like what his personality like should be like. Yeah. My character is wolf. Like I'm a wolf. I mean, a wolf in, 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 fa- in, in fairness. Wow. I mean, I mean, he may not have known the the yeah. I mean, here's here's the other thing though. If you picture a Wolverine right now, like you have an idea of it in your head, uh, are you actually picturing a badger? Yeah, yeah it looks like an angry oh. bear. Doesn't it's, it's not it's not what it actually looks like though. I'll put that also in the in the chat. Thank you. Also, not like a badger. Wolverines are astounding. If you have shouted a Wolverine, it's at like any a, point, I said it looks like an angry bear. Right? It looks like a little. It's a little uh, more rat-like than that, but I'll pull. I'll pull it up. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, Hugh Jack. Listen, that that boy can move. Uh, uh, that's all I'll say. That like, I'd, I'd watch him. I'd watch him move anywhere. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> like, poof. Um. It's funny. Uh. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not gonna get into the story. We'll just move on. But there's a Greatest Showman story that is so painful that I could go on forever. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Uh. We have the uh, Avenge Me, Keely, Avenge Me. She doesn't react. Um, and he's like, wow, this must be really messing with your head. And Keely says, to, to Boss's, to boss's uh, um, point earlier, there's other ways you can do it. I found this company, and they bury you in a biodegradable sack. So when your body decomposes, it fertilizes the seed of a fruit tree. That's what I want, because then you and all the people who love me uh, can eat the fruit from my tree. Um, to, to which Roy... Replies, what boss? That's fucking mental. Yeah, it's fucking mental. Um, they did this. They did a sh- uh, series on on sixty minutes about a company where this is actually happening. They take your body, they put it, turn it to dirt. Basically, they put it in dirt and decompose it and and make a tree out of it. Um, and it was so hard. It was such a, an amazingly weird mental jump. For someone like me who tries to pretend, or not pretend, <laughs> who pretends they're progressive, um, I'm really, I really ain't. I tell you what, you look at my voting record. Um, but when when you try <laughs> to be like forward, th- no, when you try to be forward thinking, and then, but then you see it, then you see, okay, now this is a cadaver turning to dirt. Like, maybe, maybe a little queasy. And I thought because I like the concept, and I don't, I always lament. Uh, I've written about it. It drives me crazy that like. The best land in, in any town, at least at least in my neck of the woods, is always the graveyard. It takes up like it's rolling insanity. hills in the middle of town. I'm like, what in the hell? Like, it's not in the Bible. There's no 
like no one there's no rule that you have to plant so anyway it makes it makes me i just never understood the the, the putting of humans in, in the ground but um but either way uh when you look at it, they did, it was a great piece on 60 Minutes, and but it still made me a little like, oh, a little squeamish. Like, whew, man, because I guess seeing the bodies without the life in them, man, it's yeah. like still, still it's, kind of it's, that's me. That's always a hard um, – that is generally hard for us. I think that's why you have open caskets. I think that's why – I mean, I think different traditions have different ways of doing it, but like really coming to terms. I feel like at some point someone told me like if uh, – dog's um master dies that you're supposed to allow the dog to see because then they can process it and they don't continually wait for the person to return i may have made that up to some degree but essentially that was oh yeah okay cool yeah no well i've heard the same thing about dogs if you have multiple dogs you're supposed to let one dog see the other dog dead Mm -hmm. which in my family was a joke because we were like well Maddie's not really going to understand one way or other. She's not the not the smartest dog. We'll take we, we will take Max and show him, but Maddie, she'll be fine. She'll forget about it by tomorrow. Is Max still sleeping? <laughs> yeah, right. That's one hell of a nap. Uh, so Roy says it's mental coming from the guy who wants me to ruin a bus driver's life just because he killed you, swerving to avoid a child. Keely says, which I really like. Uh, to which Roy says. Uh, what did you say here, Coach? I didn't know about the fucking child. <laughs> All right, which was great because the two of them so like cute, even in this like really dark and and yeah. moment. But I I think it's important. She keeps trying to connect, and he keeps refusing to connect. I think that matters. Like she is actually str- like she has already. If he didn't know initially that she's struggling with this or dealing with it, he certainly knows it by this point in the conversation. And he hasn't knocked off his, I'm, you know, I'm just going to make a big joke of this. And I get it. Like in my family, like there's no funnier place than the cousin's congregation within a funeral. In my family, like you're going to get in trouble. Like if you don't want to get in trouble, don't come over here. Because there will be some inappropriate laughing. There will be some stares. Like, that's just what we do. So I get this vibe. But when somebody is clearly not there, you you are making a decision whether, like, all right, I'm going to settle this down and be with you. Or I'm just going to be like, nope, I'm not doing it. And he kind of decides, yeah, nope, I'm not doing it. it well, it, actually, what I love about that point is I don't think that Roy needs to have the same thoughts on his death as Keely is having on hers. Oh, for sure. I think the issue here is that he is not recognizing that he needs to respect Keely's thoughts on her own death. Like a hundred percent. Yes. So in the way that I, like I was uh, mostly joking about the trebuchet thing, mostly if that actually did happen, if we could legally have that taken care of, I would be into that. That would be hilarious. And I would say yes, but in lieu of flowers, in yes, lieu of that flowers. you give to the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, in, the in boss lo- trebuchet fund. Yes. In lieu of flowers, buy me a large parcel of land with a fake castle and trebuchet my body into the house that I now own. And you could donate it, whatever else, after that. That's fine. I love I'm fine it. With that. I love I'm everything not, I'm keeping here. it. 
Oh, that's fine. If you want to live in a <laughs> shitty castle in northern yeah. Indiana, I want to go ahead and stain on that. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah, northern we'll put... Indiana. I in... will just to spite you. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that a lot. As we'll I learn later, maybe maybe we could have boss. Maybe we could have coach put a picture of boss on a on a specific window. We'll see how it goes. Yes. We'll yeah. see how the whole thing goes. But I I think that there is sometimes this reaction that if Roy, if Roy means it, if he's like, I don't fucking care what you do with my body when I die like that, I'm not going to hold that part of it sacred whatsoever. I do think that some people get upset. They're like, oh, you should have you should have better feelings about this. I'm like, no, like. It doesn't oh, yeah, matter no, to me. No, yeah, no. but remember that. Yeah, remember that's... that word should. Remember the word should. 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 There you should go. is bad. You should. You yes. A line. Yeah. This is a line. Coaching right here. There it Once is. Once you hear exactly. it, it should have a bell in your <laughs> your bell in your in your brain goes off. But I mean, listen. I I, I will. I I totally agree with uh, what you guys are saying. I I will point out that I think Roy, in general, just because he's standoffish about it, also doesn't mean he's got to. F- Sometimes the default for people. Who um, I just know a lot of people in my family who who have always been royish about this, but they're actually the ones that are most the most scared. Um, if that makes any sense, yeah. Sometimes I'm not saying it always. Sometimes people go, no, that's it. It I makes a it. ton of sense. No, 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 absolutely. But, you know what I mean? But oh, sometimes yeah. it's like too much to. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but he he's not limiting this to his relationship. Just for for the record, he's not just only being this version of Roy about death. He also did this. You know, you 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 live, you die, you're done goodbye or whatever you know like so i think it's his overarch it, it's not limited to this relationship Feely says i like the idea that my death can nourish people uh with fruit from your rotting corpse i wouldn't eat that but you'll eat a kebab you find a heron it's fine if you know where the who the hair is from that's part of the deal he's a lovely bloke you're not really angry are you so no one else has a hair a hair in your food thing here. Oh, I there's no version of the world where a hair in my food is like something I'm shrugging off. Absolutely the fuck not. Yeah, yeah. I like I gag my stomach loose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. I was okay, like, good. Ugh. Yeah, like yeah. I can't I stop I have to stop eating and then maybe never eat again until <laughs> my until my body is sufficiently famished where I can try my ADHD will let me forget about the hair that was in my last bite. We're not but, talking but, about our own hair, though, right? Because I shed everywhere all the time, constantly. If I didn't no, eat, if yeah. I didn't eat food that didn't have my hair in it, I would never eat. It all has it in there. Oh my god! So, <laughs> look at Coach. So, so look, we we just I, we went across that spectrum so neatly. Like it was like <laughs> I'm a sometimes grossed out. Boss seems like a man who gives a damn Roy level and, and poor coach. I don't know. I keep thinking he's if, not going to recover, but he's a resilient one. So he might be. I don't think he's going to recover episode. from this episode. episode is all boogers and hair. It's <laughs> Wait, but my hair, like I know when I washed my hair, I know what my hair is like. And also my hair is everywhere. All right. That's repugnant, but okay. All right. <laughs> You would not believe. Now that I am a redhead, one of one of the things about being a redhead now is you would not believe the number of times that I will reach down. I'll be like, "Oh man, another fucking hairball on the ground," and I get closer to it. I'm like, "Ah, centipede, centipede, centipede!" Ah! And then I have to run away because it's not my hair; it's a centipede. But wow. it's just I'm so used to it; it doesn't matter. It's wow. fucking everywhere, all I, over, I everywhere. Think Coach's head just hit the desk. Oh my god. That is I didn't think it could get worse. That is so gross. 
what we cannot air this episode. Not not this since is the, the abortion most... episode. Have I been so glad I said yes? Not since the abortion episode have I been this glad. Since I said something yes. is a ball of hair, yeah, which is which is a common enough occurrence every every day, you, every single day. Reach to dispose of it and find out instead it's a a centipede. A living being, that's right. It, it doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened regularly enough that now I double check before I reach down to grab the hairball. Oh. I don't think Coach is going to make it. Nah. Coach? <sighs> we, should, we should take a break. Okay, so <laughs> 65 <laughs> minutes of dead air later and we're back. Oh my god! I, this is when like the old school, like the music comes on, and you see like the bars. <laughs> After these messages, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm so sorry for anyone out there like me listening to this. Um, wow, that was amazing. Wow, that was amazing. Gross. Just okay. sometimes, sometimes magic happens. You just, you just go along, recording and recording, and you just, you hope for these moments. Roy says, Roy says, you're not really angry, are you? Yes, I actually am. And now we have to go to a funeral and act sad. Well, now I am sad, Roy says. Well, well, well done on that line. I thought he delivered that really well. When, yeah. Why it took him that long to realize he was fucking up, <laughs> I'm not sure. But he definitely realized it by then. We cut over to Ted Lasso's apartment where every every man should, should be able to get dressed uh to in the time it takes to play what song uh coach easy lover um, lover and, and i thought i this was a fun moment for me i remember the first time watching it because i was already so in and, and wrapped up in it i heard the first couple notes and i started laughing and i was like oh my god he actually really does get dressed to easy lover like that wasn't just like a throw away that is that is actually what he does um yeah and i and and obviously to start out on two framed pictures one of his actual son and one of his afc richmond spiritual son i think is you know it's relevant to the storytelling so yeah i mean he is grooving he is grooving to Easy Lover. It is not just uh, playing in the background. He is actively oh, no, part no, no. of the, the, right? Yeah, no, this is his routine. Like, he's got it cranked up. He's singing along. I'd like to point out that he had on striped underwear. And I don't know why I think that, Matt, but I feel like that was a choice. And I feel like it's it speaks to who Ted, seriously, it speaks to who Ted is. He is definitely a three-pack of underwear from whatever store I happen to be in when I'm thinking of it kind of guy. And I just thought, like, <laughs> what what are you wearing, dude? But like, who cares? Also, like, I laughed at myself for going, "What are you wearing?" But I did go, "What are you wearing? What, what is that?" Um, so you think yeah. he's like, it's like, oh, whatever. He just picks up. A, he doesn't have like a hey, your underwear should, should match your drapes, and uh, you know, or something like he doesn't have like a tape. Yeah, on, like a yeah. Like he isn't like underwear. this is what I'm doing. Yeah, right. Well, right, he, but, you know, he, he starts uh, starts tying a tie and uh, over the mountain. Or whatever they call it when they when they teach you how to tie ties. There's like language to it that I don't know. Did you ever have language about learning how to tie a tie, Coach? I may have, but I mean that was truly yeah. forty years ago. Um, so do you have to, yeah, do you have to wear a tie at a Poly Prep or not? I did uh, from yeah. 
November to April. And then we had spring slash fall dress code where you just had to wear college shirts and no jeans. Yeah. Can you tie a bow tie? I cannot tie a bow tie. I never did the bow tie thing, but I can tie a tie on the run. I used to, like when I was 17 years old, I could be sprinting up three flights of stairs from the locker room to homeroom or two flights of stairs from locker room to homeroom and on a dead sprint tie my tie to get there, you know, on time and not be late. So, yeah, that I did a ton of. I uh I once uh, got summoned to the wedding party of a wedding of a friend of ours because they said um we got to tie these bow ties. They're real bow ties. And no, who, who would know how to tie these? And somehow right. I got summoned. And I thought I was summoned like, obviously, the classiest motherfucker in the joint. Well, no. <laughs> and it turned out it was like a total botch thing. Like they were supposed to summon somebody else. But I didn't oh, know how to tie them. I, I, tied, I tied the bow ties for everybody thinking, you know, well, yeah, no, obviously. Uh, you can just tell by looking certain, at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do. I you look take one look at me and you think fuck bow tie. That's what you think. I, that's there's no question. I get that oh. all the time. I have a picture that, with you true. in tuxes. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, boss. Well, it, well, hold on. I need to clarify. Have you ever tied a bow tie or worn a bow tie not for a tux, like with a suit? Do you guys wear bow ties all, all the time? Do you really? Uh-oh. All, all, literally all the time and, and no I, I only wear bow ties because I really don't like the long penis the neck penis I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't understand I don't understand it and I don't understand I, it and I, I told you I was raised by a crazy mom and I always think anyone in a tie is immediately giving me an advantage right away like if you're if you got a tie I, that's my first grab and your neck goes down and then oh, I knock you out. wow I, I, I never, I just think in general, but see, I always think about these, you know what I mean? Like it's not the right way to think or whatever, but I'm always thinking from an adversarial thing, for a protective, and it's terrible. It's terrible. When you're raised by someone who's very Machiavellian, you know, but I, in general, I don't like the long tie thing and I don't like the, you know, it's sort of a, whatever. I, I, I Bow tie, at least I feel is a little more like academic, maybe. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. See, I don't believe that this is true. But I do believe it's funny, and it's the only thing that I've ever heard about bow ties. And that is, uh, David Sedaris decided he was going to wear them on one of his book tours, and he asked his very fashionable friend what he thinks about bow ties. And his friend said, "A bow tie announces to the world you can no longer get an erection." Now, again, wow. I don't believe it's true, especially because one of the people on this podcast is a baby making fool. But it did, <laughs> they, it, yes. It, yes. it did make me laugh a lot. Yeah. That's funny. I get I, I get where that joke comes from. I get I get that. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not true, but somehow it's, true, it, yeah. it, it's one of those things where it's funny because it's true. No, 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 no. It's not true, but it is funny. And I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. When I was growing up, all the slickest motherfuckers, like the people who really could pull, like if you could pull off a bow tie, it was like, Jesus Christ. Especially the guys that I remember looking up to fashion-wise when I was a young whippersnapper, they would wear like pink bow ties. And they would be like completely, they'd be like, the dude would be like an ox. You know, he'd be just like a, like a, what you would think of as like a linebacker type build, you know? Yeah. Yes. And then he'd have a pink bow tie on and you're like, oh, God wow. damn, he's so comfortable. With yeah. Like, yeah. there's just nothing, nothing but confidence with this person. So, yeah. Um, but I, I just, I just prefer them. And, I, uh, 
I believe yeah. we're either going to move towards uh, no ties whatsoever with fancy suits. Like even uh, last night at the Golden Globes, Jeremy Allen White wore no tie. Also wore a sheer shirt. So like we're moving in a whole lot of directions on that. But either no tie or very big bow tie, like almost a scarf bow tie. I have no idea why I think that, but that is my prediction for next season. Interesting. I mean, things have to move. They got to sell us new stuff. It's true. Damn sure it makes more sense than skinny jeans. When those happened, I was like, y'all can catch me on the other side of this motherfucking fad. No, no, no. It's the it's the mom jean. It's the millennial mom jean thing that I don't. I'll never. Where the where the jeans came up? Yeah, like what? Just under the nipples. I'm like, no, incorrect, incorrect. Not millennials. Millennial women. We just we are now done. We we got to one more round of skinny jeans because when I was little, it was skinny jeans, and then it became flares, and then it went back to skinny jeans, and now it's going back to flares again. And I'm off. I'm done. I can't anymore. I have my jeans. I can't. I can't yeah. do I can't do it with you guys again. I'm going to wear skinny jeans for the rest of my life, and I will not be fashionable until I'm sixty something. But that is what I'm doing from now on. Yeah, if you wait long enough, they'll be back. Absolutely. Uh... <laughs> look, at, look, at, look at Coach. I seriously though, I cannot chase. I cannot chase that. I cannot chase tight clothes. I'm just I I get it, and I've sort of reformed from my like my baggy clothes instincts because that could also be ridiculous but yeah tight clothes no thank you yeah coach is a sharp dresser i can i can vouch for that well, when, he, when you, he's sir. got a he cleans up real nice real nice real nice i licked him last time I saw him. <laughs> wow. so you guys don't you don't work I together tried, but Daphne HR got would between, not let that happen right Daphne right. got between me and him because she knows <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his wife was like no 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 yeah. If anyone could get another man pregnant, it's you. It's you, right. <laughs> um, I don't need that shit in my life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun, Daphne. Um, um, all right, so Ted continues getting dressed. He's putting on his tie, and then, bam, we get the telltale. I think he does a great job with this. You know, like, this is it not It could be such do. melodramatic bullshit. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it really not. Hackneyed and, yeah. Yep. Uh, he doesn't, he just, he just, he catches his own, sees his own fingers, uh, starts having visions of, uh, we get inserts of Green Army Men and playing with Henry. We get a shot of the dart hitting the bullseye. We music swells. And then boom, we cut quickly outside to the funeral. We know what's going on. Oh, it's so hard to see. Um, he was having a good time. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing how your mind, your own mind will sabotage you, you know, and very difficult when you're the one trying to assess it. This is why we, we, always uh, say get get help get therapy get coaching get somebody else to to identify these patterns for you um because it's really hard to identify uh in and of yourself um uh rebecca and deborah are outside the church uh, an older couple comes up and gives their condolences uh deborah says i can't believe you made it um of course of course and rebecca says dad always loved you both um which is really beautiful uh to and then Lovely. Uh, once they Lovely. move on into the into the uh, into the church, um, what does uh, Rebecca say there? Who are they? And uh, guess what? Deborah doesn't know either. They have no idea who that is. For all, I, I I was trying to decide if this was a commentary on on culture, or if this is just people at funerals, and you have to kind of like 
there's a certain performative aspect that you end up going through more generally. It was a funny moment, but I was trying to figure out what they were. Was it a specific joke to where they are or if it was a broader commentary? Listen, I, we were such we are such a primitive people because polite culture, polite, especially the in the moneyed culture that Rebecca comes from. It would be unforgivable if you didn't recognize someone and they ended up being the CEO of Westinghouse or something, right? Like it would be like, oh my god, that that would like burn you as a there would there would be a social or or some sort of financial price to pay for that faux pas, right? Because God forbid, but like. I'm sure there's data on it now. We have so many intelligent people listening. Maybe someone in the buttercups can can tell me if this is this is research that's been done. But some people just aren't good at recognizing faces. Like they're just plain terrible at. Other people, yeah, I I can remember their face, but man, I I will never remember your name. I I totally know that I know that's you, me. right, Coach? You're like that. Oh, I walked worst. up to I walked up to a lady the other day and I said, I think I love you, and she's like, You do. And, and like, she said, "I'm Juliana." No, no, <laughs> no. I said, no. "I said, I'm, I'm looking at your face, and I'm going, I really, I've had such good times with this person, and I just can't remember your name." And she's like, "Yeah, our kids went together, uh, went to preschool together, like 17 years ago." She told oh, me your wow. name, and then it all, it all came rushing back, and I, and, and yeah, it was like you know, in pickup lines, in whatever. She was one of the moms. She was so fucking cool that. When other people would do hor- horrendous Karen shit, I could whisper to her and be like, dear God, look at, you know, and she would just snort. Laugh. It was great. And, and I was right, like, right, I right. know, but I couldn't remember. And I, I knew her face. I knew, I knew, but I could not remember her name. Um, but like, why is that a bad, it's just like, it should be a thing. Like, yes, yeah, some people are good at this. Some people are great at that. You know, you get these assistants in Hollywood who are um, unreal at remembering everybody and everybody's name and everybody's face and every assistant to every single person in every production company. Right, coach? That's it's what like I was going to say. You got power. to it before I could come over from you. The, the knowing the assistants is so important and so not my natural strength. <laughs> like just to memorize names. Like if I got to know someone because my boss was dealing with their boss or whatever, but just sort of like that ability to memorize all who's an agent where and who's an agent trainee where and who, oh my God, it's amazing. I, lo- I lost a job one time, a screenwriting job, because three years before I had been introduced to somebody that I had spent time talking to on the phone and I didn't know her face. I'd only been on the phone with her when she was an assistant and I couldn't identify her by, and they said, oh, do you know, blah, 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 whatever. And I didn't know her last name, so I just knew the phone. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, yeah, hi. We're on the phone like once a week. And she was so insulted. And I was like, oh. And then later on, she got promoted. She was an executive. And it came down to me or one other person. And she was like, Pfft. and I'm sure that was the only reason I lost it. It had to be that. Um, that that's that's funny, that. though. No, 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 but, no. no, no but I, even that totally, it's a town where it could be that is like totally, so yeah, sad. Yeah, like that's sure. sad, too. I think, I think you're right that, you know, we could we could grant people a little more grace if anything i'm prone to introducing myself to someone again even if whatever because i'm just like ain't no reason for you to you know like i'm 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 just some motherfucker you met 10 years ago like what are we doing (laughs) it's fine you know i'd rather just give you the opportunity to go oh i remember remember. yeah 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 Yeah. right um i actually with most of the people even like friends of friends that i know i've been at parties i'm sure they'll remember me 
I, I know who they are. I'm not sure if they'll remember me is how I was supposed to say that. And then it just came out. Well, of course they remember me. Um, it, no, but I will always introduce myself again, just in case, because it's easier. Um, I do think it's a tiny bit different at a funeral because it's a, uh, we cared about this person enough that we were going to show up when they died. So if somebody else doesn't remember you, it's like, oh, actually, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe yeah. I didn't oh, know Oh, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, well, we couldn't possibly miss this funeral. And then the family's like, you are? Right. It, and you. We're, you, got, you guys work together? No, yeah. I'm your cousin. You know who I am. <laughs> so like that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I got you. Well, the, the concept of the, sh- the people that show up at funerals having importance. So it's like, am I important enough for someone to drop everything and show up to say bye one last time? And I and I think that historically in my life, I'm one of those people that have put would have put a preposterously high value on that. You know what I mean? Like I like I would have been like, uh, you know, t- probably ten years before I before I started doing any work, <laughs> I would probably have been like. Oh yeah, I want a million people at my funeral, you know, whatever. Like, you know, but 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 I don't know where we we, we equate that value. There's like a value proposition there. Where it's like, right? You know, coach, right. do you, like, do you think about that? Do you want people at your? I know boss doesn't care because uh, trebuchet, but um, yeah, oh, we'll be selling but, tickets to that shit. But but, but if, I, if I make it, oh yeah, that is it. Like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be rich. <laughs> I, I will say I don't care. Yeah, the body. I don't care what you do with my body. Like, if you want to have a funeral first, I don't know. Maybe then you'll need to embalm me, I guess. I don't want to be sitting around rotting. Trebuchet is fine. Dear God. I, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, rotting. It, well. We're going to do. I, I was, like, thinking a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing. I wasn't thinking, like. Oh, he smelled bad. <laughs> he smelled bad. He did. He had to. No, that's good. That's, but that's good. in, in terms of a, a going away party, if anybody wanted to have that, it um, uh, I definitely one of my sisters, I want to say maybe Ellen, although possibly it was a collaboration between siblings, uh, determined my funeral will be the series finale of The Emily Show. And then like, you guys could do whatever you want. I'm just going to be in the background doing my type five on video over and over again. Because I just want to make sure everybody knows how funny I was before I left. However, you guys need to grieve. It's it. fine, but this is this is what I'm doing for me. But does that, does the number of people at your funeral have any value? No, no. Does seven have value? Because that's how many it's going to be. It'll be seven. Wow. I hope you're not counting me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, that's really funny. Um. I get. I mean, I have thought about it, and I guess in my mind, I have done the 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 correlation that you you put forth, coach. So I'm I'm thinking about what all that that points to and means. But when I yeah, what is it? What is it, where does it come from? Like there are times where I'm like, oh, the, now this person probably wouldn't go to my funeral anymore, or like once upon a time, not right now, but like mm-hmm. at a different point in my life where that seemed important. It um, is because I remember you introduced me to the concept. You were the first person in talking about our league. I always remember this. You were the one who introduced, said to me, I mean, you know, like these are the guys who are going to carry my casket. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I, and then that became like a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, that then became part of my thinking was like, huh? Oh, shit. I'm sorry for poisoning you. With that. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. But I, I, I think it's, 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 it's an interesting piece. I have, 
you know, people talk about, you know, live as if you're going to die, you know, tomorrow kind of thing. I, um, I have thought though, in specifically around, okay, how do I want to live to be regard so that at the end of it, this is how I'm regarded. So it's not so much. I would want it. Okay. The people there for me, it would be evidence of connections I've made and hopefully people I've helped. Like I could see, like, I would love to think that like, I'll have players who would come through and be like, you know, he coached me hard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I hated him for 10 years, but you know, whatever. I still hate him, but he he did help me, whatever. Um, so it's more that kind of thing than just like, popularity like i wouldn't want it to be that somehow because i'm you know known then like what like i want if it the number of people there should be reflective of the actual life i lived who i touched who touched me that the right quality of the attendees over the quantity yes right yes except then you see biggie's funeral and you go oh damn that would be pretty sweet Oh, that was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you and I both had the same reaction that yeah, we were like, holy That's fuck. amazing. It was amazing. Sad, 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 but truly amazing. Boss is shaking her hand. I'm just thinking about, like, I I am not judging anybody who went. I did, did seem amazing. The outpouring and, like, everything else. It's just, I imagine myself being in that crowd, whether it is biggie or like the queen or whoever else i don't care who the person is it is the the only time in my life i've been willing to be in a crowd of that size is when the white Sox won the world series and other than that you will not catch me with that many people around it's so me- i don't i went to the grocery store yesterday and it made me fucking nuts like get out of my way i'm trying to get somewhere was it a but do you have did you have a storm watch yesterday or like or no, no. It just was a regular grocery store trip. It was four in the afternoon on a Sunday. There was no reason for people to be there, and everybody was just in my fucking way. Okay, well that's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think once upon a time, and we'll move on from this. But I think once upon a time, I did the thing with funerals, specifically my funeral, where the mistake that. Uh, young brides and grooms make about the wedding as opposed to the marriage. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh no, it's like re- I really want to have a big funeral and I want to have it like a thing. And I was like, wait, whoa, 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 that's not the important thing. It's how you live. And I think the best you can hope for, like in my mind, we lost a couple uh, big actors recently and boss will remember better than I will because of the ADHD. But the best you can hope for is like, oh no, really? Like, damn. And I'm like, okay, that's about as much as I can hope for because the people that that I hear died, and then I was like, oh no, like that's that's about I hadn't, you know, these are these are strangers, so it's like if that's one thing. But right, even right. when it's somebody you know, you're like, oh damn it! But then you go, well, I haven't reached out to that person in 15 years, or you know, like whatever. It's like a it's sort of a thing. I, I got together with, with a grade school friend, and he is better at, you know, remembering people from our past than I am, and he just went through this litany, just this murderer's row of who's dead. That's rough. And I was like, wow! Because you remember these people being 13 years old or 15 years old. Right, right. What do you mean they're dead? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, how did they, oh yeah, no, killed himself. Like, what? Like, just this, you go, Jesus. It's intense. And I was warned. I think I've told you before, but my mother said to me, it's like, oh, yeah, then, you know, 
First, all your friends are getting married, and then everybody starts having kids, and you have your birthday parties, and then graduations, and then everybody starts dying. I remember just, and it wasn't like, like it wasn't a big speech. Like she was just laying out for me, like this is how life goes. Let me and, give you the milestones. Uh, yeah, it's 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 intense. I was at my tenth or fifth tenth. Uh, college reunion, bumped into one of my roommates, one roommate I'd stayed in good touch with of the four, and um, bumped into one and was like, hey, blah, 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 hey where's Baldus? He's like, and he just got quiet. And I was like, oh, shit. And he's like, Baldus died. Like, you didn't know? And I was like, yeah, no, I didn't. Like, <laughs> clearly I didn't know. And, um, but yeah, it's that stunning moment of like, we were roommates. Like we got to college at the same time. I had to take the vodka bottle out of your hand. Like we had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like what is yeah. happening? It's, it's yeah. An, it's an I, I get hit. I get hit really hard when it's an iconic person from my childhood. So it's like a big yes. celebrity that yes. dies. who's like sort of an indicator, even if they were 30, 40 years older than me, it's like, Oh, okay. So that's the end of that era. Yeah. But now it starts to get to the end of our own era. Yep. And you go, wait a second, like people of my age are dying. And that's a it's a whole that's that's where it gets su- super weird. Um yeah, anyway. Uh just because I was tasked with remembering a few of them, I would like to mention Sinead O'Connor, Tina Turner, Matthew Perry, Lance Riddick, Andre Brower, all died in twenty twenty three. Andre Ouch. Brower, really. I know. Lance Brower. Lance Riddick and Andre Brower being in the same year, like fucking yeah, took me ridiculous. out. I was Sh- not Sinead was, was tough. I know. Sinead was a tough was tougher I, I, on me than I would have guessed. I like I had a real response to Sinead that I was like a little taken aback by. Well, I remember that her child, her son committed suicide. Yeah, it just seemed like she's yeah. got a rotten deal go, from the beginning. She's gotta go to find him. Yeah, yeah. She's gotta go find him and, or whatever. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't know, whatever, but like, I, I don't know, somehow it made a weird, but uh, yeah, Andre Brower, I, I still, Alan Rickman, I still yeah. can't get over Alan Rickman. I don't know why it hits I, me so hard when I think about it. I get like emotional. Yeah. Like, no, God I, damn, I love that guy. I'm going, I'm going to very briefly mention Michael K. Williams and then immediately move off that topic before it like fucking kills me. Yeah, I would like to yeah. say um, a celebrity death that I found not, not comforting because I don't want to say that, but um, Richard Mall. Who played Bull on Night Court? Interesting. I, I, I know. I know Richard Mall. Yeah. Well, no, so I did he not he, know he was. He yeah. just passed away last year in 2023. Oh, I did not know that. Not know that. So, so I was super bummed. I was like, "Fuck, man, we lost another one too young." Guy was 80 years old. What? Yeah, Richard. I, I mean, he was iconic as Bull. Yes. That was like a really important show yes. for a lot of people. Yeah. I, for oh, whatever wow. reason, have imagined him being like. It, uh, forever 56 years old since i was a child i was like oh bull is 56 and that's it right, and he's right, gonna right, live forever. Right. so there was something about finding out like actually he lived to be 80 and he, people still are like hey it's fucking bull look at him i don't know it, it made me feel a little bit better somehow lance riddick i mean this was a tough there was some good wait who else can you go through your list again who i mentioned was tina turner i mean Matthew, tina turner tina I mean, fucking like, turner just what are we ta- just yeah, like literally what are we discussing right entire like like you know like i don't even know the word like i was gonna say oceans of my childhood i'm trying to think of the mm-hmm. the right word to encapsulate mm-hmm. what how her music helped me and so many other people like what are we talking about you know she was uh she was just what it was like a fixture an absolute fixture in this world was tina turner I, yeah 
Yeah. And and I and I do think, yeah, you you can't I mean, I think where I'm with Keely is it is for me almost impossible to hear about these deaths or, you know, deaths people I've known or, you know, without it somehow getting me grappling with mortality, right? So like I knew someone who lost and I actually did an episode of Unstuck AF with her and she very generously talked about losing her daughter, a friend, you know, a parent who, you know, I had coached um, one of her kids and, you know, I'm driving over there and of course I'm thinking about them, but of course part of me is also thinking like, oh my God, if this were Alex or Maya, like what? I don't even, I, I don't even have words. Like I don't, I don't even understand what that would mean. Like my brain won't allow me to finish what that is. Um, so yeah, there's always, for me, there's that piece that tends to get particularly heavy. Yeah. It's no, it's, uh, yeah. Oh my God. It is really, really heavy. Um, I have an uncle who lives next door to me. Um, and he's, he's dying of ALS right now. And, um, he's the most, he's the best. My favorite uncle is, is awesome. And he's doing the thing right at the end of his life where he's trying to make sense of it all. And so he said to me, I want you to, I got some stories I want you to write. So yeah, he knows I'm a writer. Great. Um, but he felt like he had to sell me on it. Like, so he's, he said, okay, I'm gonna tell you a story you've never heard before. And I feel like I've heard all the family stories, you know, and he grew up in a village in Greece and he started to tell me, he's like, I'm just going to wet, wet your whistle. I'm just going to, cause he's, he, he's like, you think you're so fucking smart. <laughs> I'm, your fa- <laughs> I'm your favorite uncle. I know you're better than that. So he, I'm just like, uh-huh. Like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, like, well, sure. Yeah. I'll write your story. Like whatever. And he's like, uh-huh. he proceeds to tell me the story. Uh, when he was five years old, growing up in a village in the middle of uh, Greece, and you know this is this is he's in his seventies now, so um, long time ago, and um, he was talking about the death of his little brother when he was five years old. I didn't know it would have been my uncle, um, and, and this is his his first story out of the gate, and I and he kicked my ass so hard, <laughs> and and I was like, this is the worst, like. You couldn't tell me personally a worse story. Like, this is, you know, whatever. But, like, the story was amazing. Like, amazing. And, you know, you start, then you then you go home. You're, first of all, you're crushed by it because you're thinking about how this little, there's a baby that died. And then how the, the ramifications for him and his life and how he saw it and how he processed it at five years old and how in his 70s he's still thinking about it on a regular basis and how it's a, a story that, like, uh, formed who he was as a person. And, um, it's so hard when you're facing, it's the one thing, you know, it's a door we, we just don't know what's behind. And so it's something that we all grapple with. And, um, at least in this scene, it seems like it, I, it, my mind goes to Wayne. We, for those of you who are just joining us, you may not know that we've done analysis on the TV show Wayne. Um, and, uh, we remember that, that Dell never, never got to go to her mom's funeral. But then when some stranger in episode four finds something black to wear, it became something that was important. Who knows why, right? Like, and and the, the beauty of it was she didn't know why, and she admitted she didn't know why. And then Wayne was just happy to show up and, and sit with her. And he didn't know why either, but he, but he was willing to be, you know, in the same way um, yeah, when things go wrong for people, we try to be there to support them. Um uh, in in uh, season three, uh, Roy himself will address uh, how, how how this 
dynamic happens for people who haven't seen it yet. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's funerals are tough, and um, this whole thing is is interesting. And then and then when you get to uh, Deborah and and Rebecca standing outside doing the greeting, now you're into like the stuffy protocol of it, which is a whole other mm-hmm. element used to stave off the. You know, you don't want people to think about the mortality and the, you know, you're trying to, if we, if we can stick to procedure. Yep. You stand here, you go over there, you're going to say yeah. this, who's going to sing, who decides this. Yeah. Yeah. Who's God forbid car. we, we, right. we deteriorate into, uh, uh, you know, emotion. Like A hundred percent. Well, I think I would like to point out in that case, that is very specifically a, a, a Anglican and to an extent white American phenomenon. And I'm not saying that that doesn't impact other people. I'm just saying that there are plenty of other cultures where the funerals are either extremely celebratory or extremely uh, open with the actual grieving itself or a combination of both. Like I don't want us to pretend that all humans everywhere react to death in the same way. This is what they are going through right now in terms of, not wanting to deal with some of the unprocessed trauma from Rebecca's childhood that we're going to find out about or her difficult relationships with both of her parents or the stuffy protocol or everything else. Like this is how this specific group of people processes death and funerals and the ritual surrounding that. Um, I, I think I, I have a hope at least that, when I uh, take myself out with uh, sleeping pills and cheese croissants when I'm 80, maybe 82, we're, we're, we're on the fence about that right now. Still trying to figure it out. But I vote, I vote 80. You, I, I think 80 is good. <laughs> I, like a, I like a nice round number. It feels, it feels final, you know. But my hope would at least be that the people I'm leaving behind, who are always the ones that suffer the most, obviously, um, will understand that this shouldn't be considered a tragedy or something terrible or extremely sad. Like I'm fucking old and that's what old people do. They die. Like it's fine. It'll be okay. So I think that we could have a healthier relationship with death, even though it is sometimes tragic and horrible and chaotic. Or, or hear me and hear me out here. Or we could just uh, keep doing this shit. A la altered carbon. We mm-hmm. could take our consciousness, upload it into a stack and then switch sleeves. Do I get to hang out with Joel Kinnaman? You 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 could you could wear Joel Kinnaman. I don't no, no no that no I don't need to look like him. I'm I'm saying is he going to show up with that backpack and murder a bunch of people? Because that's that is what I liked about the show. You know the sleeve I want. I've said it before. You have. God damn it! I'm blanking now though. One of the most beautiful men. I look at him and I go, God damn. Oh, Coach Bishop. <laughs> That's it. Nailed it. it. Nailed it. it. Uh, f- former quarterback, Coach. Oh. Yes. Big smile. Cam. That's it. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Like a big muscles. Yep, yep, Beautiful yep. smile. Looks great and everything. Ugh. That'd be great. Um, okay. I'm glad we get all that stuff out of the way. I want to get the mopey, mopey stuff out of the way because um, cue the Emperor's March. Here we get the Devil Incarnate and Boss. Who shows up at Rebecca's dad's funeral? Rupert fucking Mannion. And he's sporting a new uh, 
douchey kind of goatee. Uh, he says hello to Deborah and gives us his sincerest uh, condolences. To which uh, De- De- Deborah ogles the, uh, the the newborn, and Rebecca says, um, "What was? Didn't think you were coming." Oh, Rebecca, Paul was family. No, I meant because you weren't invited. Whew. Which, like, outside of showing up at a funeral where people don't know you, and therefore maybe you shouldn't be there because you didn't know them well enough. This is so much worse. No, oh no, we we do not want you here. We would prefer you not. I think there's so much here because also he knows good and goddamn well that's the fact. He ain't been there for Rebecca for shit for years. That's why they ain't married no more. So the idea that he needed to show up here to show his respect is like, you could have shown your respect by not cheating on my motherfucking daughter. Like, I don't yes. know. What, what are we discussing right now? Like, why are you here, bro? Like, he's yeah. not. And I have more on that in a moment. But, like, I just feel like what a shitty. Like, it is the opposite of showing up for her. And I think there's something to be said for acknowledging, like, as much as we're talking about who shows up, who didn't show up, who got abandoned, whatever. You can actually physically show up and not have shown up for the person we've all heard the like nightmare mm-hmm. bridesmaid story or mother of the bride story or whatever it might be. Not that men don't do petty shit too. Those are the two things that just jumped to mind, but no, no, we pretty, pretty much don't. Yeah, that's sure. true. That's true. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, you know, ugh, it's the, it's yeah. the worst. And it seems like he's so, enjoying being the worst in a moment where like, even the worst people don't behave that way. Like, like you're, that you're being a dick in this moment of grief is like, God, I hate you so much. Okay. All right. Now, listen, I want to get into this because, and, and then I'm going to, I really want to hear what you both think about this. I'm curious, honestly, because uh, we haven't talked about it uh, among the three of us yet, but he shows up in a place he shouldn't be. Deb's, uh, Deborah says, it's lovely to see you, Rupee. She calls him Rupee. Uh, gives her a kiss in the cheek. My mom treats my ex-wife like this, which I, <laughs> which I, I'm always like, mm. Hmm, okay. Uh, and um, Rupert then introduces his new baby, Diane. Um, uh, Deborah calls Diane a chubby little baby. Rebecca says, congratulations, mother. You just fat shamed a baby to tears. He hands the baby off to Beck. Rupert is holding the baby. He hands it to Bex. Um, the lovely Keely Hazel. Bex quickly makes the baby stop crying right away once mom gets it with a kiss on the forehead. Rebe- Rebecca, um, she she says uh, well, okay, Rebecca's watching this. Rupert says, Bex has the magic touch. Uh, to which uh, uh, Bex says, it's not magic. I ate the placenta raw, and she knows it. That was perfection. And the storytelling. I, boss, this looks like you had something there, but I just wanted to say, like, whoever, I don't know if someone had someone in their family who brought this up, or what, like, it the reaction that most people would have in this moment, especially because, like, you know you're talking to his ex-wife. You know they didn't have children. Even if you don't know why they didn't have children. Like, really? And, and you're not a monster. So, yeah, like, like, what, like, far, you're like you clueless. don't self-identify like, as, a, yes, as a monster. Yes, exactly. So you're just that, like, wrapped up in your own shit right now. To me, I don't know. It, it seemed like a weird... Oh. 
addition okay, wait, to the conversation. Wait, so wait, so so did you like that line? Wait, hold on. Let me fi- actually. Here's what I want to do. Let me finish the one last line. Okay, go ahead. And I want right, to discuss sorry. the. I want to discuss the whole thing. No, no, don't be sorry because I actually I set you up for it. So uh, we we Rebecca's got kind of a look of disgust on her face. Um, Rupert says, uh, "Yeah, I had all the TVs in the house removed. I just sit around and watch them all day." Uh, Deb says, "How lovely." Deborah says, uh, "Rebecca says, excuse me, and exit the situation." And Rupert. When she leaves, he has a shit-eating grin on his face as he watches her walk away. We stay on him with that I, moment. Now, I, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry because I'm all over this. Rupert, this this is pro- as maybe not, but this is about as close to wanting to like personally transform into a Ted Lasso character and murder Rupert. <laughs> like I just was like, right, you're so such there, an asshole. He, he is there just to call, just to be an asshole. Just that, like your- that is his. There is no good. He doesn't show any genuine support to anybody. He walks up. He's immediately a dick. He knows if 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 Bex doesn't know the history of it and what Rebecca looked like in season one when he told her about the the child, he certainly does. He is like this is you know my definition of an asshole: somebody who causes unnecessary pain. And this is the height of being an asshole. So it's malice. He is. This is a malicious. Pure. I. I okay. think. All I right. think the child. I think the child is malice. I think he made a whole motherfucking human being just to be a dick. Boss, you're nodding. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, death. I think we talked in season one about that. About how he is going to end up five years down the road, divorced from Newbex. And with a child who won't speak to him because he's an absentee father. Like, absolutely, he did it out of malice. Um, I think him showing up and especially saying Paul was family, given what we are going to be learning about Rebecca's relationship with her dad, there is something so not just malicious, but like bordering on evil for him to imply that he and Rebecca's dad... Yep. would have a camaraderie, especially if what he thought was, oh, well, Paul would understand that I cheated on you. Like, Paul wouldn't care that I cheated on you. Paul understands how this is. And, and the idea of that undermining Rebecca's relationship with her father and how her father would feel about her because Rupert believes that he could insert himself into a relationship with Paul and Paul would be fine with that. Fucking evil. Fucking gross and terrible. Um I, I think showing up with his wife and baby to his ex-wife's dad's funeral is another fuck you and not yeah, not to- a subtle one. Un- unnecessary. Un- mm-hmm. If you were on to go, then go. Why, why, why does Bex need to be here? You could eat. This is a this is a this is a layup. Oh my yeah. goodness, Bex couldn't make it. The baby's been all colicky yeah. this week. Who gives a shit? Nobody wants to see a baby anyway here, and we move on. But he he's he's there to cause pain. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't believe that Bex is. I think she is playing it a little too naively for my taste, especially given in the first season in episode nine when she watches Rupert say all that horrible shit to Rebecca and pretends like she's going to be treated differently. Like, I'm not blaming Bex for the treatment she receives, but I'm also saying, like, Mm -hmm. you knew some shit before you got into this and you went into it. So I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, I think the line about uh, I ate the placenta and she knows it is, well, well, number one, not for me. No, thank you. Not yeah. not interested in that. Do but you? more importantly, what I think is so funny is I've heard people say things 
things before. Like the baby could tell these things. The baby could tell, I did this and the baby could tell this. And I'm like, well, you are willing to do all of those things, which means that your baby responds to you because you come and get them every time they're upset. Like you're the kind of mother who would eat the placenta raw. Therefore, your baby is going to respond to you because you give her all of your attention and effort and energy. This is not, the placenta has no magical abilities. You're just willing to fucking eat one of your own organs because you think it'll help your baby. That's the kind of mother you are. I I, I don't, uh, are we sure about that? I I don't know enough about it, but I, I swear there's, the placentas are there's magic. With, there's magic. No, no, I, I think there's saying, a new. I do think Harry there's Potter, a nutrient thing, but I don't uh, know that the magic. baby knows one way or the other. But sorry, again, I just don't want to. I, I just don't want to say unequivocally that it, I, I actually don't know. And maybe you know better than I do, boss. Uh, with um, with all your child uh, births, um, but yeah, uh, yes, no, I've had a, I've had a yeah, lot. Of so yeah, um, yeah, well, and you are a doula, a part time doula, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, me and placenta I, go way back. I feel like it's so funny. I feel like. It's a. Uh, I don't know how old the placenta thing is. Me and placenta way back. In, I like that. Um, from the, from the, the very from uh, almost from my birth. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I just feel like I'll over. I, so I'm a skeptic with a lot of the a lot of uh, they call woo woos kind of things, uh, and then I'm proven wrong uh, all the time. So uh, my position on it was like, what the hell, like. And, and now I'm like, oh, I feel like I feel like now they dehydrate it and they they grind yes. it up and put it in stuff and and somehow there's some data that suggests that's good. I actually I just well, the thing is I don't want to say, especially for the I think our listening base tends to be a little more open minded about these sorts of things, and I don't want to pretend I don't want to. Like, oh, what uh, I am, I am, to know something we don't know. No, 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 no. What I am not saying is that there is no benefit or that people shouldn't do it or even that I dislike it. I would not do it, but I also would not have children. So this is entirely outside of me. What I'm saying yeah. is, um, I think that they have shown that there are vitamins and nutrients and some other things. It can be healthy and healthful, and it could be like, if you want to, fucking go for it. It's not going to hurt. And well, maybe yeah, you've got I mean, some shit going on. I, I think. I think more so like it, 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 this is for me the same way that karma functions in that I do not believe that there is some sort of outside force that is changing fate or impacting things. I think if you're an asshole all the time, people will be less likely to help you. And then we say, oh, that's karma. And I'm like, no, man, that guy was a dick. Like, of course, nobody's going to vouch for him. He's fucked off at his last three jobs and not shown up for people and treated the people around him like shit. Like, I think that this is more cause and effect than the baby can sense something I, or the baby I, can tell. I, I get I get what you're saying. And it's funny because I um, early on with the line, I, I said that I came up with a way to systematize the uh, engagement of the law of attraction. And my thing about it was. Maybe there is some shit going on in the universe. I don't know. So let's go ahead and cover that part and then let's get to work, <laughs> right? Like let's, let's create a real yes. plan and let's get to work. And it just so happens that if I'm focused on X, Y, or Z, then I'm going to notice things in the world. And now I feel like, oh, I've been sent a blessing, but it could also just be practically, you know, the, like if you're yeah. shopping for a green car, you see green cars everywhere. It, it, it Partly that. And I think also partly it's the, I am not superstitious. Shockingly. I, I know I seem like the type, but like, 
if you have a pair of lucky underpants or whatever, and when you wear those, your team wins every time, fucking go for it. If you believe in that, I have no way of disproving it. And I am not going to judge in any way or say that you're absolutely wrong. What I would say is that there is, uh, yes, the more you pay attention to it, also streaks, also just coincidence and chance. Like, I don't personally believe in it. I think that there are more concrete ways of qualifying that stuff. And so I focus on that. When you said streaks, did you mean the wins or the underwear? All right. Boom. You're welcome, Coach. Why do you think they're lucky? That's that's what this episode (laughs) needed. That's... Thank you, Coach. That's he is going to burn this episode from the face of the earth. I don't know. I don't even know. We're going to have to start I thought over. We, I thought we were better. I'm just saying. I thought With we were better. With the first than episode, we have to scratch this into <laughs> higher. Like the whole series. The right, whole whole series. Fuck it. Let's start over. Ted Lasso, season one, episode one. <laughs> As coming told, to you. No profanity. And no series finale in 2054. Now, right, listen, right. Uh, first of all, I'll say, like, if you want to do whatever with the placenta, it's not hurting anybody else, fine. This is our ethos. This is what we believe. If you're not hurting anybody, go be my guest. Maybe you'll figure something out. Absolutely. And help everybody else. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not going to judge them for it because I give them love and, and I hope everything's good. I don't know what's going on with people. Um, I don't have any specific. Uh, uh, example in my own life to, to give so I, I just trust people have good judgment um with regard to bex i felt like this is the uh we talk a lot about uh character arcs and we talk a lot about believable character arcs where the audience is aligned with the character in ted lasso and some on the ted lasso series the three um season uh se- series arc have been handled i would say for the most part most of the arcs have been excellent there have been a couple fumbles with bex what i think i'm seeing here is her realizing in the moment man he's landed on pretty thick right now like he didn't take the tvs out of the out of, mm. like okay like okay uh you know and so she is trying to soft sell she's trying to defray the, oh interesting i thought she was being cool I didn't, like, think, I didn't, not I didn't credit her with that much. Um, I didn't credit her with that much awareness of what was going on. But maybe you're right. I thought. I think okay. she's got hadn't. She's had enough Rupert to know. Oh shit! Why is he? He's landed on really fucking th- like he. You know, she's been with him long enough to now see. Huh. Okay. Oh yeah, she knows and the she, performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, performance yeah. that he does, and so he's really sticking it to his ex-wife, and she's like, "I'm not going to be part of this." Like, no, no, it's not. Ma- I'm not magic. Uh, I ate them sent to raw and she knows it. Like she's trying to make a joke to soften, to lighten like the very, okay. very awkward position okay. that he's putting her, putting her in. Uh, we talked about this when you're in a car and you have road rage and like, say you get your, your 13 year old kid in the car next to you in the, in the drive, you know, the passenger seat or your wife, let's say, or somebody that's innocent and you pull up next to somebody and you yell through the passenger window at them. And the person's just like caught in the middle, like, you know what I mean? Where to me that's hysterical. Uh, to me, I do it for the awkwardness or whatever. Like for to make, kid. yeah, 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 for yeah. the kids, like torture them because it's not real road rage or whatever. I'm just trying to, you know, mess around with. Them. But this in that moment is like Bex is in that seat. She's like going, "Oh my god!" Like, like, all right, that's that's how I read it. And then we see that it is disgusting with Rupert, and he is here out of uh, nothing but um, 
I, I would love to have a position where I could say, well, guys, what about that? But there is no other, but like, this is just awful. It's just awful from Rupert. Um, totally un- unnecessary. And there are ways to get into a funeral where you're like, God, I don't even know if I should be there. I haven't talked about, like, where you can kind of sneak in in the back once it starts. You don't have to, you know, then you don't have to make a big thing. You can, I really wanted to be there for that person, but I felt weird talking right. to a quick, A quick hello here, right? You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, the family, like, just go sit the fuck down, man. Yeah, presenting his child and yeah, the name. Please. Yeah, and he even says it. Are you allowed, you know, this is not an Allow unveiling. Allow me to present, yeah. Um, okay, uh, so we have uh, Rebecca. Uh, Men, uh, pieces. am I right? <laughs> no, that resounding silence says that everybody on this podcast is pro patriarchy. You there fucked you up. There you go. There you go. Not all men. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's. I'm going to leave those silences in. We're going to have that dead air. <laughs> all right. The uh, the Richmond bus pulls up. Higgins is the first one out. He walks up to Rebecca and gives her a hug and his condolences. The rest of the team walks out of the bus and they're all they're all dressed to the nines, boss. They, they look good. Um, Rebecca is surprised and she asks how many of them came and Higgins says what, coach? All of them. Yeah. I mean. Whole team. Whole team. Yeah. And, not, and none of them are wearing trainers. She noticed that right away. Mm, that's and how much they care about you. There you go. Right. Amazing. Not, I mean, hear me out. Some really, really nice Yeezys. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Because he actually was not, it would, ha- it could have felt like to others that he would have been not showing the appropriate respect. and But he actually yeah. was saying, oh, my God, this is a special occasion. I'm going to wear the most special thing I have. So it's kind of a funny. Yeah. No, no, for know, sure. And, but I mean? Isaac, clued, like, you know. Isaac clued in right away. Can't wear these things. And this is the first thing Rebecca notices. None of them were trainers, which is <laughs> like. None of them right? are wearing trainers, but nobody also commented on Bummer Catch's outfit because the man came through. He's got a fedora on. In a He's way that like, works. I need to I need to qualify. In a way yes, that works. Yes. Uh, a black shirt with a black jacket and I can't tell if it's a necklace exactly, but it it is working with the whole look. It is respectful and still stylish. And maybe outside of G- either Jamie or Bumper Catch right now, I'm saying best dressed at this funeral. Yeah, Bumbercratch is a snack, and um, we'll, we'll 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 see more of that in the future on Ted Lasso. But um, yeah, it's a uh, uh, there's a whole lot whole lot of that uh, cooking. Um, Sam gets off the bus. Oh, so wait, Danny and Jamie get off the bus. Um, Danny, <laughs> Danny can't walk. I love it. He's like, oh, it's so funny. It's so oh, yeah, it's such a no. stupid gag, but they do these things really well. It's just it's just physical comedy, Coach. I, again, I just thought great choice, right? You gotta. This is so heavy, like, and I know I love the going into the dark moments with this show, and that we get into some emotional stuff. But this is a lot, and so just having this little silly thread that can that can go through, and Danny crushes it because it's a combination of he's still like always got that little bit of child to him like damn really like you really haven't worn shoes to the extent that putting on some dress shoes has just like undone you like (laughs) that's hilarious 
like you're grown you're grown up now um but also then like man enough that his reactions to it are very like like angry and and profane it, it's just i don't know the, the whole joke worked for me it was like a great choice for this episode well, yeah. well we op- we open with keely and roy talking about life and death then we pivot to ted having a uh panic attack then we get the the worst person on ted lasso the only true antagonist um being horrible like being horrible for no reason and so do we need a little levity at this right, point? Right, <laughs> right, right. This is like very, very uh, well needed. Uh, I like that Jamie's the one uh, helping Danny out of the bus. He used to saying, "These aren't it." We just seen him say, "These aren't uh, these aren't those kind of shoes, mate." Nobody wants nobody wants these. Like nobody. I, I remember like thinking, "Yeah, why does anybody do this?" I asked my dad, "Why did years ago?" My dad had a pair of wingtips he wore every day to work and wear a suit, and and I'd go. I lifted them up and they weighed 300 pounds each. I'm like, what? Why would you put this on your body? Like, why? That's what a man does. You just wear the, that's it. You don't question it. Um, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, and, and then I remember I had to buy a pair of dress shoes and I hit the jackpot because there was a company near me where they had dress shoes and I went to try them on. I was like, these are as comfortable as sneakers. It was like a, somebody who had, who had been like, I know you have to oh, wear yeah. them. So mm-hmm. we're going to make these awesome. Mm-hmm. And I put them on. I was like, Oh my God, I can like, this is like, I can just beat the system completely. Like they'll think mm-hmm. that I, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I capitulated, but I can play basketball on these. These are great. You know, They're that's, super that's, light. Really, that's yeah. really a win. I'm really, really, I'm glad that all of the problems with uncomfortable dress clothing has been solved in the world. Uh, that, the, the wingtips you need to I was to waiting. Wear. I was waiting. I was I, waiting. I don't think we need to do any more work in that department, boss. I, think I, have, I, think I have satisfactory wingtips. What uh-huh. is your problem? Are you like nothing. as if you nothing. have something to complain about? No, absolutely nothing. Oh, See, luckily, I'm so, oh, I want dresses with pockets. Get luckily, lost, luckily, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but women's feet <laughs> naturally, we walk on the tip of our toes, heels yeah. all the way up. Yeah. Um, most comfortable position. Movie. Yeah, most, I learned that in the Barbie movie. Yeah, most comfortable position for our underpants is touching our asshole, and also we do like to have to wear a bra <laughs> with literal, with actual metal, actual metal up against your body, your rib cage. Eight, maybe twelve hours a day is the sweet spot. It's what we like. I know. Duh. I know. <laughs> Oh my God. Tell me something I don't know, boss. Jesus Christ. I just want to just, just keep the tally. We got boogers. We got centipede hair. Mm-hmm. We got skid marks. And now we got assholes. So. And a trebuchet. That didn't bother me. <laughs> I like that. that mm-hmm. I thought we were, I thought we were cooking with grease. Oh, right? we were, we were home right? free. Now uh, let's talk about grease burns. Uh, the blisters, when those pop up. Mm hmm. Well, we got a long way to go, um, but but I, I think that uh, uh, you know there's there's room there's room for everybody to get a little bit uh, in the in the fashion department, boss. Um, but I did like that Jamie was was the one helping Danny. Um, Sam gets off the bus. We have just seen Sam and Rebecca with their beautiful skin in the opening of this episode. Um, unfair levels of skin, perfect skin. I I think it's unfair. I don't think it's cool. Um, for what it's worth. And um, uh, uh, Sam, the, nobody knows about their, about their relationship. So this is, this is a, you know, there's a little, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Did you guys read any tension in this? Because I, 
felt myself tighten up a little bit because like, uh, he cannot go and give. Her. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're both quite. I mean, Rebecca, Sam. I mean, you know, we've just seen them, you know, in bed together. So yeah. Well, no, he I says Rebecca. He says Rebecca, and she goes Sam, and, and Colin, was, and right, Isaac, right, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate. Right, like I'm yes. like, uh, this yeah, was a no. little. Um, I, I think I mentioned Matthew Perry being one of the celebrities who passed last year. I always think about the episode of Friends where uh, Chandler and Monica have started sleeping together. And so when he's leaving one time, he kisses her on the mouth and then realizes everybody else in the room is looking at them. And so he's like, oh, right. And has to rush over and also kiss Phoebe and Rachel on their mouths also, just to make it normal. Because <laughs> now because now it's not weird. Right. I and that was a tiny funny. bit of that, like a Sam. Oh, and, and, other, and other employees who I pay right. money to. Um, also, Isaac's jacket is badass. Yes. I was going to point out that they are all dressed well in their own ways. But yes, Isaac, that is, that's pretty sweet. He is a handsome man. Cole Bikini. I mean, listen, this is a, this is a handsome group of lads. Is, was yes. Uh, I'm going to posit that. Um, every one of them is a looker. Um, and they, boy, they clean up real nice. Um, and it's nice. That they did this for Rebecca. It is kind and thoughtful, and I think Isaac would have bit them had they not. Um, he scares me, and if he was my captain, I would do what the fuck he yeah. said. Yeah, oh no, no. When he said we're all going, like I didn't get the sense that someone was going to be like, I don't know, man. Like actually, Isaac, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're going. Yeah, you're going. That's it. Um, that's a nice dynamic of sports teams and good captains. Is it's just so easy to go along with it when you have a great leader. You just go, uh huh, okay, yeah. You know, it's the right thing to do. And also, it just takes the gray area out of it. If he's like, mm-hmm. listen, I really hope you guys can make it. If you can, that'd be really wonderful. I totally understand if you can. Try to wear because, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, no. <laughs> Try to wear Yeah. That's it. No flip-flops. <laughs> no, yeah. No flip-flops. So, um, Colin and Sam say that they're sorry for her loss. Uh, Nate uh, didn't know what to say. He says, yes. Uh Actually, boss, you read this one. Really? All right. He says, dads are the training wheels of bikes. Which, I don't know, man. I understand that it's difficult to come up with things to say at the funeral, but you just go with the classic, like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm sure he was a lovely man. It's very simple. You don't need to get deep here, Nate. But he says, sorry, I didn't want to say what they said, so uh, I know. I'm sorry for right. But you were wrong. He's trying. He, he's, trying. he's trying. He, But see, here's the thing. And this is, I think, earlier we were prescribing, right? We were saying, like, when 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 emotion is prescribed, he decided for himself that he needs to distinguish himself and be the smartest, most wise person standing there. And it's okay sometimes to just be part of the group. Like, even if you actually are the leader, sometimes you are part of the group. Isaac didn't come in and say, as captain of the team, right? This is so Nate. This is so Nate of this moment of like constantly wanting to figure out like how do I make myself bigger? How do I make sure everybody understands how important I am? How do, like he's just trying and trying and and it's never I shouldn't say that. But as somebody who's dedicated the last I don't know 12 15 years of his life telling people to align who they are, where they are, where they want to go pretending you're somebody you're not just strikes me as a really, really bad choice. And that's what I see Nate doing. 
sometimes it gets really confusing for certain types of brain chemistry. My oldest is on the spectrum and he will sometimes do this exact Nate thing with the intent of uh, like, oh, I cared more and I did this mm. uh, more. And I'll be like, and I have to be like, hey, buddy, who's this? Who's this about? Is it about you or about that? And he's like, that's exactly right. <laughs> like, damn it. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. Like, it, it, but like, it, but the intent, again, I always say look to intent. I don't think Nate's intent here is bad. I think he did not want to. Oh, no. Right. But, but he blew it and it's like, Jesus. And then yeah. I, and I, you know what? I like the side of Nate, to be honest with you, that says, that owns it and goes mea culpa and ah, shit. Damn it. I kind of, I like the bumbling kind of awkward Nate. That's maybe my favorite Nate. But don't you think those are two Nates bumping into each other? Like, I feel like the first part was the, I'm not one of these guys. I'm a big deal. And then he fucks it up. And then we get old Nate. Like, that's the way I experienced it. But, yes, but it doesn't I've make seen, me I've right. I've been to a couple. I've been to a couple Ted Lasso uh, fan sites with two Nates bumping into each other. Where the what? Is that a porn joke? It is. I tried. Good. Good. Uh, Good. I like that. I like that that porn joke that I was the one that picked it up and also that it went over that well. Because <laughs> it's a great joke. Listen, I, yeah, let me explain it me. because there's All nothing right. that helps more a joke than when you explain it. Um, but, but um, uh, yeah, everyone goes, uh, every, you're right. Hey, Coach, I think you're right. There are two Nates there and, and, and the, uh, whatever. The intent, I, I guess I'll forgive him the intent if, if he was not trying to make a nuisance of himself. So, um, yeah, there, there, there are a lot of Nates that we see in season two and uh, this bumbling one is better than some of the other options. Uh, Boss, go ahead. Well, I was only going to say, I do think that there is something a little bit charming about somebody trying for something and then acknowledging immediately the awkwardness or how they missed. Um, I, so I don't, I don't dislike that. He said, I didn't want to say what everybody else said. Like at least that part is honest and, is trying to make a connection. I do dislike that he wanted to not say what somebody else said. Like that, that is the part that I I think that is the impulse that I dislike in him, that he wants to be the special Mm -hmm. one. And I know that you just said that, but that is the part. Is it that he wants to be special or is that, or that he's not, he's trying to not be like generic, like uncaring. If I just say the same thing, everybody else said, it's obvious that I didn't do any work. I didn't do, I didn't even think about this. I'm just being this automaton. Mm -hmm. I'm not even doing like, I think I, no. in his defense, I'm seeing him saying like, I just, I don't want to just have them feel like I did. I, this doesn't matter to me. I want to say something to show that it matters, no. not for me, but for them. So no. they see that this matters. No. To me. That wasn't my no. experience of it, but I, I mean, it could be, but that's not at all my experience of it. No, my, what I thought was that he was trying to be the one that comes through with the profound sentence that is going to make her feel better later. Well, and I, listen, I think wise, I can't okay. see the future, but I think you you're both going to be proven wrong about me. I'll oh, definitely. Right here. Character wise, though, I'll say it's also hilarious that he's the one who's going to pontificate on the role of fathers in our lives. Yeah, and I think it's also it's like part of why you got nothing is because your relationship with your father is such that the dropping this pearl of wisdom on the importance of fathers is like, what are you even fucking talking about? Yeah. I think so. He couldn't finish the anecdote because he, he didn't know what the training. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's why, it, like, I am I am the person in the office that signs every fucking birthday card. Happy birthday! Hope it's great because I don't care if it's generic. Like that is what I mean, and I hope that you do have a great day. Take it off work. That's how I roll. 
Um, when and now that I'm a little bit older and I have more and more friends whose parents have passed on, I will always quote Stephen Colbert, especially with a, a, a much elderly parent. If you're up in your late 80s or 90s, he said something about how when his mom passed away and when she was 92 or something, that um, the length of time with her didn't lessen how much he missed her when she was gone. It only made clearer the emptiness that she had left. So just like pick wow. somebody else's quote and yeah. fucking go with it. And then I get yeah. to tell my friends that and they're like, man, thank you. That's really not. And I, yeah. I don't pretend I came up with it. I yeah. fucking give it to Stephen Colbert and his writers. But like, I think if what you want to do is say something so that you feel other people will feel better, you pick something that you know how to say and you say it, be, like practice it beforehand and then say it to him. This feels like in the moment he didn't want to be one of the group. So he came up with something and it failed. Okay, I'm I mean, it's fine. I, Nobody can I hear mean, me nodding. Coming from a person who <laughs> says uh, so happy birthday in the happy birthday card. No, I get it. Like you, But the goal there is for you to get through it as quickly as possible because you don't give a shit. And yeah. like when those birthday cards, right. But but then people know that. So when those, it's so funny because I just wish I had Jeff and Jenna here. People who have listened to the podcast for a long time will know what I'm going to say about this, which is like that card comes around to my desk. What, what do I say? I don't write a soliloquy. But I'll at least make it authentic. I will say, your mom made me the best fucking lasagna I've ever eaten in my life. But, it'll be but, the truth. But that, but, but thing- this is not the truth. That's the thing. You are being authentically Coach Castleton, and you are speaking to some connection you have with this person or something specific you have to say right. about birthdays or them or the lasagna or whatever. It To me, the equivalent would be it comes to your desk and you're like, when we think about the time we spend here on Earth and the blip in the continuum of time, it's like, what? It, shut up. Just write happy birthday then. Like if you have something about, to say, fine. But you don't have anything to say. You just want to be special today. That was literally the best impersonation of me. Yeah, I like yeah. that it's going yeah, both ways really, now. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, Coach. I like that. That's we talk it. about the blip of time. It's exactly how it sounds. Yeah. I think... That is so me. You got... No, no, you, Coach, you're 100% yes. right. You are right. That is the difference. Say no more. You're absolutely right. Um, and uh, And we can move on. Boss, what were you saying? Well, I'm not going to move on right away. I am going to say more. The only thing I'm going to say is that go, I think girl. what he is trying for is not to be the Nate that makes people feel better. He is trying to be Ted by way of Nate and doing a bad job of it. And that, I think, is what uh, Bishop and I are picking up on. He is he is trying for that yes. folksy, like, I got this, but he doesn't got it. And that's yes. why it feels weird. I love I love that. And quickly, I'll say when I first came out of college, I went back and taught at my old high school. I'm sure I've said that a hundred times. And the first couple of times it was my job to like say something before the game or say something during a timeout. I could feel myself mimicking my coaches, but I, I wasn't doing it on purpose, but I'd be halfway in and I kind of feel like a guy wearing somebody else's shoes. Um, so yeah, I see what you're saying there. And I, I guess I'm, a, I'm a little more, I still think it is what it is, but I'm, I guess I'm a little more forgiving of the moment when you describe it that way. Yeah. Not, I don't think that this means he's an evil person. I just think it's, it, he's not doing it right. We've been doing a lot of, uh, these episodes and I don't think I've ever heard you say, this is what Bishop and I are picking up on. Like you got rid of the coach. Like now it's like, now it's like a one word basis. Yeah. And the two of you are on like some, you know, 
oh, wavelength. Yeah, and I'm, no. And I'm floundering behind trying to understand. It's just I, I, just, I really want you to. I like you painting that picture, boss. After like I'm limping. After four, I'm pulling a wagon full of rocks. Almost three and a half years of talking two to three to 18 times a week. I would say that uh, Coach Bishop and I are friendly. I would agree oh, that. Coach far. Bishop. I would go now that far. Now he's Coach Bishop. Now he's Coach, Coach Bishop again. Well, you can't now call it. Once you call it, now I got to back off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yo, what are we doing now? You, I don't even know what you're looking at Bishop and I for. Uh, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Coach Castleton and I, we're acquaintances. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> I get two. I get two. Dr. Mr. Dr. Mr. <laughs> the, Coach the Honorable Esquire. The right. Oh, man. Yeah, this is this is my least favorite episode. I, I, this is it. I, 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 we've, we've got some real, real clunkers, but this one fucking sucks. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for sticking with but us. What I love is I can feel the buttercups enjoying it. Like, I can feel oh, it right now God. as we're recording. I'm like, you're welcome. You're I know which well. buttercups too. Oh, yeah. I know which ones. Oh, yeah. They're all trouble. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, we, we have uh, uh, Nate. Uh, well, we just go. Every, we have everybody. Nate, Nate buttons up. Sorry for your loss. Everyone goes inside the church. Sam gives Rebecca a double thumbs up. I was like, oh, I really hated that. Oh, it's it's so uh, disempowering or, you know, it's like it's so you talk about uh, authenticity. This is not at all <laughs> reflective of their relationship at all. It's like it's like horrible. It's like, right. It wasn't just me. I was like, oh, God, the double thumbs up. No, it's funny because right after that beard does like a finger gun click kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, that's that's, that's appropriate. That actually sums up. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So maybe that was, you know what? Let's give him credit. That was a very smart way yeah, to book in those two I things. didn't catch that that way yeah. until you just did it. So that's, yeah, it was pretty slick. I didn't either. I didn't either, Coach. Uh, Bishop and I both got it at the same time there, uh, boss. Yes, so you did. What do you think about that? I think that's great. I love that you guys are getting friendlier. Who, me and Bishop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys. We'll be friends guys, at you, some point. You guys might start texting <laughs> soon. Just we're, we're any get day we're, now. We're you're walking gonna, up the mountain. Any day now, you're going to follow each other on social media. I can feel it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. So, um, okay. So we cut to Sassy now in the church. She's looking at a program. And who approaches her? Uh, someone appropriate, I'm sure. Uh, who, who would that be, boss? Oh, Rupert. Fucking Rupert and, again. Is that Rupert Mannion of the um, of the AFC Richmond Mannions? Uh, former AFC Richmond Mannions? Correct. Former. Correct. Former. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. And, uh, and what does he have to say to the best friend of the woman he dragged through the press and left and turned into a bad guy uh, when she had done nothing? What does he say to that woman's best friend, boss? Uh, oh, he says, oh, hello, sassy. Like they're friends, as if they're friends. And she says, oh, Rupert, decrepit shitbag. Because they're not. And this is this is there's there's gloriously more, but this is one of the things that made me think about this episode in terms of showing up for people, because we had Deborah outside, you know, with the kill them with kindness kind of approach, and Sassy, who's like your enemy, is not only my enemy, but is someone who I can go after in the most vicious of ways, in ways you never even would. Like I'm your I'm your protector. She is. 
to Rebecca as yes. Beard is to Ted. Yeah. I, it made me think of the Obama anger translator yes. sketch. Yes. 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 Peel. Or it's yeah, like, I ju- like if I was just my anger, here's what it would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she, she's, she's like an avenging sort of, sort of Valkyrie. Well, and I think that that works best in combination with the way, what Deborah is doing. Deborah is going to be the bitch that says you are so unimportant that I don't even mind what you did to Rebecca because Rebecca and I are fucking fine. And so like on the one side, she gets to be like, you are insignificant in our lives. And Sassy gets to come in with the, you are a fucking prick. You will always be a prick. Nobody likes you and nobody ever will. And I think that both of those work really well in common. You need one of each. I'm glad you said that. Well, yeah. Because I I think I would have chosen Sassy's. And I think that's just about my personality and always feeling like, Mm -hmm. you know, it it needs to be fucking said, which has really made my life so much smoother. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing people love more than the person who feels like they have to be the one who says the thing that needs to be said um but yeah i think i'll say it you know what i mean like uh, always (laughs) such a fucking idiot hey is that is that a buzzsaw i'll be back um (laughs) fucking idiot anyway (laughs) but 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 yeah i thought that you know like I think you're right that there is a combination. I think actually, even as we go through dealing with people, probably we need our friend who's the anger translator sometimes to kind of like help us get that out. But then we kind of do need somebody who at some point is going to throw a little water on that fire and be like, okay, I think we're, I think we're good here. Well, not just on the fire, not just to be like, uh, you don't need to put yourself through that, but also so that he knows even though he's a horrible right. person, Absolutely. nobody cares enough about him. Like, no, wait, wait a sec, though. Now, I, I, I don't want to be the voice of reason here, but mm. he, he can't. He's not really a decrepit shitbag because he uh, has a daughter. Now. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. So, there's right. that very, which, very good point, which Sassy last, does acknowledge. The Sassy next, let's, let's get to the the next line here, Coach. What does he say? You be Rupert Banyan, Coach. What does okay. he say? Oh come on, Sass. Let's let let's let bygones be bygones, eh? I've got a daughter now. I've changed. Oh right. Having a daughter erases all the shitty things you've done to women in your lifetime. Cool. Rupert, I think about your death every single day. I can't wait. I'm gonna wear red to your funeral, and I will be a beacon of joy to the three other people there. Coach, what is <laughs> what wait, what is what does Rupert say? Always a pleasure, Sassy. Fuck off and die, Rupert. I mean, I've been in love with characters before, and and, and I am not, I repeat, not going to betray Rebecca. But in this moment, I was like, me and Ted might have to duke this one out, man. Me and Ted might have to, I don't know, man. That was, whew, that was mucho hot. She's just really on message and it's just there's no 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 part of her is withdrawing anything is is withholding even the tiniest like is like it is like it is listening to someone's internal monologue that you never get to hear right because we always will couch it in the niceties of polite society on some level but the only time you ever hear stuff like this is like jerry spring where, where it's like uh, right, I mean, like, like in, in general, out, right? Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, out, like, right. There is there, there's no artifice whatsoever. I fucking hate you. You are a piece of shit. Like people very rarely get to say 
that type of thing. But this is also said very well somehow. Yeah. Where it's like, I think about your death every single like also oh she's God. brilliant and and she's a you know, she she gets into people's heads for a living. So she knows right. the beauty right. of this is she knows exactly what to say to Rupert Mannion. Like she's got him figured out every yeah, single angle coming and yep. going. And so she's like, oh, I know exactly what to say. I'm going to cut you to your core. And that's why he doesn't have a clever comeback, because most people are so dazzled by his his shtick that no one ever tells him to fuck off and die. Like, when's the last time you think somebody actually said to Rupert Mannion, fuck off and die? It's been a minute. N- never. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, not since he was a tiny little shitbag kid. You're but right. I, yeah. what I really like the way that she says it is it's so matter of fact. Yes. Like in the way that Deborah is like, oh, I'm going to not let him know that he gets under my skin. I'm going to ignore all that shit and play nice with him. Sassy is, oh, I fucking hate you, but I don't, it's not upsetting to me. Like she's not filled with rage. She is not yes, um, yes. Yeah, fucking. Uh, Jesus, Captain, what's his face from Moby Dick that I'm completely blanking? Ahab. 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 Fucking Ahab. She's not, she isn't, she isn't obsessed and is not impacting her negatively. It's just she wakes up, she does her yoga, she finishes the wordle, she imagines Rupert Mannion's gravesite where she will be wearing red, and then she goes about her day. And everything is fine for her. And and, and I'm glad you highlighted that because if, if she went, fuck off and die, Rupert, then he's right. powerful. Yes. Like she's also in her way communicating. You are, it's not, it's not even irrelevant. It's somehow beneath irrelevant. It's like, yes, nothing brings, nothing brings me more pleasure than the thought of your demise. And you think you have so much power, but I will tell you that to your face, I will enunciate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she takes, she relishes. Like she says it. She says, "Ooh, I can't wait!" Like she can't even get through the description because this is so delicious. You know? It, um, yes. Yeah. It's not rage. It's disrespect, and he fucking yes. hates that because he has yes. built his entire life making people respect him. <laughs> you and she is like, "Nope." Coach like that. You nailed it. It's not rage, it's disrespect. And I'm so glad you said that, having done some work on my own rage issues, because <laughs> rage is... Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying, I, I am so glad you said that about rage, because rage is when we're out of control of it. Yeah. Right? A fire rage, whatever. But when we rage, like, we're not... Man- like, she has process, like... Rupert Mannion is X, Y, and Z. Those are horrible, evil things. He also hurt my friend. He can fuck off and die. Yeah. Also, I've got to pick up my dry cleaning, like you were saying. You know what I mean? Also, today's yeah. wordle was challenging. Like, you know, like, it, it's, it's yeah, there is, there's a power to that. I feel like, you know, boss, you and I have argued in the past, um, usually with me coming out on top, uh, or, I mean, mm-hmm. mostly, I think I... No, right. You always win. Um, but um, we talked about whether or not you can let things go or whether you hold on to them. This is like the version, the you version of it. Yes. Where it's, for yes. me, I would say like, oh, no, I, I would be like, what's your name again? Like, because like, there's no us. I would be like, let it go. You know, it's it's funny. The, the um, you know, the 
the song from Frozen is like oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not whatever. So so for some people, the absence of your you, of them in your brain is like that's the the benefit. But if you're like sassy, which I think you are, boss, you would say, oh no no, this is fun. I get to like oh that's a little perk. I get to think about your death every day. You are gonna die. Yeah, and I'm gonna be there with bells on. And I and I'm like wow that's uh. But I think I just noticed it. I'm, I'm putting a pin in it to say different people relate differently to this type of thing. And the real estate in, in your brain is not always a bad thing if you're programmed a certain way. Right. Exactly. In the same way that I think Deborah has an attachment to Rupert that she is playing down. I think Sassy has an attachment to Rupert that she is saying like, Oh, you are my happy place in that. My happy place is punching you in the face over and over and over again. And I'm not Mm going to extend, overextend myself. That's just, that is what it is. It's um, I had a friend in college. We worked with this guy who I was dating, who cheated on me. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I think he lives in not a great city in Idaho now. So you know that turned out fine. Um, but a I don't want to be mean, mine, but is there a great city in Idaho? I'm not aware of. Or? Boise must be wonderful. I'm okay. gonna. I'm. Going I, to, I haven't been. I, I'm just you know. I have no fucking idea either, and I'm never going to find out. I'm just going to break my streak of talking shit about cities, and then they show me up. I'm getting in front of it. If Got Boise it. next week does something fucking amazing, I'm going to be like, yeah, I was on Boise's side. I always knew. Yeah. From the day. Like um, Can you um, name another city in Idaho? But isn't that one? Or is that Montana? Butte. Butte. Mm. That's no, I'm going to call it but. I like but. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made a whole song about that coach. Sure did. Right. Oh, that's um, funny I, also. I, Great. Um, but basically, this guy that we worked with thought that he would somehow – he was like, I, I'm the good guy, so I'm going to make sure all these other people we worked with, nobody actually hates me. And talking to a friend of mine one time, like for a long time at the bar, just like going on and on about whatever shit it was and trying to make friends. And at the end of it, she looked at him and said, how do you not know that I don't like you? And then walked away. And that was all of it. Like, that was the entire interaction. How do you not know that I don't like you? And I th- I want to hear, she and I are not friends anymore. Like, we've drifted apart. It's fine. But I carry that energy with me a lot. Like, how do you not know? How are you so dumb that you don't understand? I don't like you. It's so many insults all at once. I really like it. Uh, some of the major cities in Idaho. Idaho Falls. Coeur d'Alene, oh. uh, Twin Falls, Meridian, Nampa. How many people are uh, in Nampa? Lewiston and Moscow. But how many people are in Nampa? Well, eight, because Jeff works in uh, Lewiston. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, the, the entire, the entire I'm population sorry, of Idaho. I'm sorry. The entire population of Idaho is almost as much as Brooklyn. So, well, that's the thing. I mean, that's, they should get that's, their own senator. My home. I don't. Don't you do it. <laughs> don't you get me started on don't, that what? shit. Don't, 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 don't. No, really. I, that, oof, God. If you, if you really seriously, like. <laughs> Forget that I said anything, coach. Sets me off. Oh, my God. That topic oh, sets me off. Oh, I know. Woo! Anyway. I didn't know there was a Moscow. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know if it's pronounced. Sometimes foreign cities. Isn't that funny? In, right. yeah, yeah. There's a city, in a, a town here in Massachusetts. Uh, spelled the same way as the as the um, uh, German capital. What would that be? Berlin. Yeah, the capital. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I guess I what they how they pronounce it. Berlin. That's it. Berlin. Oh uh, man, that's a, 
I th- I know I've mentioned it on the show before, but uh, Cairo, Illinois. That is how we pronounce that city. Cairo. <laughs> Wait, how do, you, how do you spell I it? Love like Cairo. Oh, Cairo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, a C-H-I-L-I in New York, out in the Rochester area. It's not going to be Chile. What is it? That one, I don't even Chile? know. Chile. Chile? Chile. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. Wow. Well, that's it, folks. I, I you have to work it's at that one. Yeah. I, was this was this to even the scores? I said all that shit earlier about hair and terrible things, and now you're like, I'm going to tell you about Chai Lai. I don't think I could. I don't think I. I I'm taking away some some damage. Oh, uh, shit balls. I'm going to walk away from this Chai episode Lai. not not feeling great, boss. Not I thought that I already hated a lot of towns in Massachusetts because you guys have like the the town is I know, spelled I know the what you're same gonna say. way, right? Like yeah. like. Leicester, but it's we pronounce it Leicester, things like that. There yeah, or you've got like one that should be, as, as far as I know, is spelled Worcestershire. Yeah, it's spelled Worcester, and we say Worcester. Worcester. It's like, mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like they had a sale on letters. It's like y'all need yes. all the motherfucking letters. There's a lot yeah, of letters no. in there. Get, like y'all are wasteful. You did not yeah. have a green mentality when you decided how to spell and pronounce it's, things. They were. It was a sale on letters. Hello. It's how they lined their. I'm not going to uh, buy uh, extra letters if I can get The Puritan boats when they came over, they just yeah. placed a bunch of fucking J's and W's all over the place. Yeah. they're like, well, we got to do something with them now. Yeah, there was I think a, that's where there Sesame was a group from. from. That's right. There you go. <laughs> There's a group from from uh, a bunch of acapella singers from Harvard. What was the name of your acapella group at Yale, Coach? The one I was in, or the sort of like yeah. famous. Oh, my wait, group was called was, yeah. Shades. The the famous of, group that goes around is uh, Whiff, the Whiff and Poofs. Oh, the Whiff and Poofs. Yes, okay. That's them. So we had whatever the Harvard version of it came to my school. And yeah. I remember the lead, the, the guy that was in, you know, they say they have like a, their main main guy. I don't know what the, I don't know how that, the, how do you have like, do you have like. Oh, a, the pitch, like the, the person was like directing the music and like kind of. Moving not things. really. It was like, he was one of the singers, but he was also like the main guy. He was like, he would talk to people. He would like, before they said a song. He yeah. would say, "Hey, blah blah blah," and, and I remember Arbor, him saying, sort of, "Yeah, whoever, but yeah, go ahead. whoever was like the main. He was like a senior, and he was the biggest personality. And I remember him saying, like, you know, when they came over to New England, um, they were so excited. You know, people were so excited to flee England and come to a new country. And instead of just like naming everything differently, they said, "Oh, we'll name it after all the cities that were there.' So instead of York, you have New York, and." Um, you know, you have uh, New Jersey and you have New New Berlin and New whatever, New everything, right? And New London. And uh, he said, you would think they were so pissed off that they should have named everything Fuck York and Fuck, uh, <laughs> fuck, fuck London and Fuck whatever. And then he's and he's like, and Fuck Jersey. And he goes, wait, no, everybody still says Fuck Jersey. That's and then they, broke, then they went into a song. And I was like, that is clever. All these years later, I remember thinking like, Oh, pretty good. It's a good, good for like just like a yeah, yeah not bad. Job. Yeah, good you job. you know what the name of the acapella group was at the University of Illinois? The corn corn fuckers. We didn't have one. We were having sex. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah. That's when he sold the coach's pitch pipe. There's a he's a he would walk in with his pitch, pitch pipe. pipe? His pitch pipe? Hey now. You can't 
You can't say. <laughs> you know, kind of pipe coach yeah. was, was token on in, at Yale. I, I, I listen. Mm-hmm, it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The popularity after concerts where you sing R&B ballads, it, uh, it spikes. It spikes. Did you? Did anybody ever? <laughs> the popularity spikes. I'll just leave it right there. I'm a married man with a family now. I'm not gonna say anything else. But uh, yeah, it didn't. It didn't oh, suck shit. to be me. No. A week or two after a good concert, I'll say. It. I'll say. It. Did you? Did any of the, anybody ever abandon the shades and go to the whiff and poofs? Or did they not allow? Um, yeah. No. Uh, it's 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 not it's not abandoning. And because like it's the tradition of you know the, the sort of theoretically like the top singers from memory that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to have sort of an all-star team kind of thing um the first person who did that was my buddy who was a year after me i never even considered it like i was like i'm in shades and that's my group but um he was the first and then people have done it have done it since um but yeah it's it's Probably early on, I didn't, you didn't see it as abandoning. Like an, I just didn't, didn't want to stage be in any like of an them. intervention and no. be like, "Yo, stay black." <laughs> and- I mean, I think he worried about that. It's funny you say that because I think he worried about that. But I was like, "Look, man, you have a chance to travel the world." Like, I get it. Like, it wasn't. It was not the choice I was going to make. I didn't want to do that, and I liked being in shades. Um, and it was just going to sort of. That's what I was doing. But yeah, I mean, dude, dude, literally traveled the world. Just put on his tux, sang, traveled to some other place. They were telling me crazy stories, so I just tell them I I, I walk so they could run. So like where 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 what crazy story? Like what where did they go? Was there the oh stories my god? Where they like would... I, I wish I could even. I, they were in some they were in some Greek islands, rushing to like get back in time to be on the bus that was going to take them to the plane, and they're on these fucking mopeds. I mean, they would t- I like I don't know the stories because, and we were all drinking and hanging out, so I'm sure I would combine about seven different stories in about fifteen different right. locations. But I mean, it sounds like what you would think it would be like if you just set a bunch of you know. 20, 21 year old dudes loose on the world and basically said about, I don't know, three hours of your day is structured. <laughs> like, it was, it sounds like it was pretty wild stuff. Um, but I mean, they really, they saw China, China, Japan. I mean, some of the story, I mean, all through Europe, I mean, they, they saw the world. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy they did it. I'm also happy that I didn't because if I had, I would have missed, uh, Sweet young thing named Daphne. So Aww. there you go. There you go. Look at that sweet ending. All there that terrible go. talk. And we're going to end with finding <laughs> the love of your life. And I'm not even going to make a pitch po- pipe joke. There you go. There you go. Look at Coach. I don't know if Coach knows what to do right now. He's just sort of deciding. I, yeah, no, that was too sweet for this episode. Um <laughs> He's going to have to go sit in a dark room. I love that that he categorized that because I don't know if there's a person in the world I'm more afraid of than his wife. So I don't don't know. She's terrified. She seems nice. No, no. She she is tough. I mean, like, holy. She is tough as nails. Like, she is tough. Like, people, you know, like, joke around. Like, she did law firms for, like, 20 years. And and always had someone come looking for her to say, "Hey, why don't you uh, come on over to our firm with your kick-ass ways?" Like she was, she is no fucking. Yeah, she's joke. like, she's like yeah. made of iron. Yeah, yeah, she's no fucking that's, joke. 
That's why her sweetness is so much better. If if she were yes. nice to everybody, you'd be like, well, fuck that. Yeah. But when you know she could theoretically tear you limb from limb, just, and just instead she doesn't, chooses and she's not nice. to. Oh, right. oh, she, oh she could do it. She could tear it just verbally, just like with a, yeah, like just, just we saw what Sassy just did. That's that that. Here's the thing: we now we hear about Coach Big Hot Shot on the Shades. Two weeks after a performance, luxuriating, <laughs> right? And then this itty bitty freshman tells him, "Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, that's shallow. fine. But you're, if that's how it is, you're just shallow." Yeah. Yep. Straighten me right out. I was like, "Huh, I like it." So yeah, definitely sassy's sassy's behavior is right in line with what I always found like most interesting. Like, oh, okay. There's a little bit of a little bit of fight to you. I like it. Well, it's a pretty moment. It's a pretty moment to, to in, in Coach's life and all of our lives to, to leave on uh, after a, a fantastic moment where Rupert, you know, gets his comeuppance in a way because he deserves it. This is what he deserves. Uh, this is why people like me value people like Boss who uh, will openly say, I am an asshole, but I'm an asshole for the good team and I'm an asshole to assholes and I won't let him get away with it. And so there is a, there's a, there's a, what, just it blows my mind that thank God we have people like you on our side, boss. Um, I don't have that specific gear, um, but I think it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, thank you. It's very sweet. You think I'm on your side? Yeah, that's that's probably foolish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I heard myself say that, you're probably right. Yep, um, I'm in trouble. Um, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? Come through We Align. That's wealign.alignp.com. Like I've shared, we're going to get Unstuck AF rolling again. The first episode should be out on Tuesday the 9th. We have an online course that's going to start this month. So making some moves, making some things happen. Come through. Boss, what about you? Um, You can find me. You can message me on Twitter. But I don't post, don't really visit often. Check in. Um. But both Twitter and Blue Sky, it's Dumbly underscore Chambers. More active on threads, that is just Emily Chambers. And also um, at The Antagonist. God, I put time on my schedule today. Laura, don't hunt me down. I will write, I promise. Uh, but TheAntagonistBlog.com. I uh, can find me hopefully doing something there soon. Maybe about Jeremy Allen White's life. I, I was going to say, I, I hope you write about the cognitive dissonance of seeing him... In, in his, his underpants in his, and then winning an award. Yes. Yes. I, I found it so weird and bizarre. And I, but, I mean, he is a that is he has got a body. He knows I, what he's I doing too. I so prefer whatever he's got cooking to, I, I, I'm still pissed off about Marky Mark and how he turns steroids into like a 40 year career, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I just think he is a, he is a, uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White man. He, except, some, except for the seriousness of his facial expressions in those pictures, I wish he. Oh yeah, he did, I wish he, he was was like winking to us a little bit, like you believe this shit. Like I just wish there was that yeah. element. But anyway, well, I mean, he had to go a little three quarters blue steel, but we'll discuss all of it. Yes, we'll, we'll also yes. discuss the fact that somebody on one of the websites says that uh, he identifies as a slutty American, and I love that. I love that for him and for us. That his primary identification is going to be that he's a little bit slutty, and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. That would work for you. God damn, no mm -hmm. wonder. Yeah, no. Yeah, that is a perfect thing for someone to say. He doesn't. He just. He's just. 
He's not even hitting your buttons. He's just no, he's just smashed just, just all yeah, across just the board. Right across. <laughs> Like the end of a, the end of a, a piano solo, yes. you just rake the whole right there you go. <laughs> All right, well, Jesus Christ, I don't know what happened today, everybody. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> we're gonna pretend this passes as a professional episode. Uh, Ted Lasso, season two, episode ten. Uh, no weddings and a funeral. This has been part two. Please join us next time for part three. We we are God. We're, I thought we would uh we had sped up the pace with beard after hours, but uh but something's going on. Oh, coach came back. That's what it is. Coach. Hi. Yep. yep. That's okay. That's all right. We're we're <laughs> I think we're making a lot of uh, a lot of progress and some of these moments deserve to be to be uh really sort of um rolled around in our mouths. Make sure all the taste buds can get a get a get a hit on them. You know what I mean, boss? You know that fall in that analogy? <laughs> No. We're going to say sure, because we just need to wrap it up at this yeah. point. It, everybody okay. needs to go sit in a dark room for about five minutes and think mm-hmm. about what they've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I, so sorry. Uh, that's I'm very sorry for today's episode. Um, and thank <laughs> you. We'll be better next time. I th- I think we'll be better. Uh, yeah. It, uh, yeah, probably. Um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you to everyone joining us. If this has been your first episode. Um, Bye. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Fare thee well. <laughs> bye, <laughs> bye, bye. Uh, well, yeah, we're gonna get one of those um, those wonderful reviews where they're like, "These fucking people just talk about themselves." But, um, sorry, sorry, everybody. Sorry, uh, it's it, it's just what we do. Um, thank you for joining us today. We we love having you here for for this thrill ride uh, of Ted Lasso, and we'll be back next time with part three. Um, In the meantime, please support your local libraries and the written word. And until next time, we hope that we will be Richmond Richmond till we we die die. and get hurled at a McMansion by a trebuchet. Yes.
Oh, I'm so sick. This is not an act. I'm still sick. I'm st- The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.